This story has a happy ending. Rather, this story is the happy ending. I recently reported on the 99 being without potato skins for nearly a year and the outrage that ensued. I've been going to the 99 40 years. I don't go anymore. And I have gift cards. As a server, Pino was tired of hearing about it. Over and over and over and over again. 20 times a day at least. But today's visit was different. Yes! We made our voices heard, and corporate America listened. Oh, I miss that smell. They're back, right? Yes, yes dude, finally. Oh, oh my yeah, gosh, I gotta get them! They're actually mad good. I used to buy them every single time I went there. With the cheese on the side? Yes! Oh my God. I love you, potato skins! Yeah, buddy! Woo, skins are back! Matt, we've had a miracle. Remember Kevin? He's what is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode one of season three of Alston Pudding Presents. I am Harry, as always. Yes, they they let us have a season three. The little the little podcast that could. It's all thanks to you, my little pudding cups. Uh, no, seriously, um, really excited to be back. Uh, been planning this for a while now, a few months. You know, it was nice to take a break, but definitely looking forward to getting back in the saddle. I'm really excited because this season, not only do we have a few guests already that we have already talked to as I record this intro, a few other exciting guests booked, but you know, like I have a whole list of people that I want to talk to that I want on the show. So yeah, it's incredibly exciting. But the other, the other big, big announcement is that throughout the course of this season, I'll be joined by Ben Bonetti's and Dylan Riley. Ben, you might remember from the finale of last season when we talked about the corked up white boy busting it down, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and Dylan, hopefully you've read some of his, some of his writing, but yeah, they're going to, they're, they will be joining me as co-hosts for a bunch of the episodes this season, one or the other, or both of them. Um, it's, it's going to be so much fun, but you may recognize the voice that you heard that prefaced this intro. It was a snippet from a report done by Matt Shearer, a WBZ reporter. Coincidentally, Matt is our first guest. Matt, you should go check out his videos. Um, you get like he makes TikToks and, and Instagram reels, like short, really digestible videos that are you know they're new. It's news. It's the news. He he works for WBZ News. But he has found a way to report on on local news in a in a really uh, compelling and and hilarious way. And so Ben thought he would be a, a great guest to have on the show, and we are happy to have him in the studio to help us kick off this season. So uh, without further ado, here is me and Ben talking to Matt Shearer. All right. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> proud. To be back for season three of the Austin Pudding Podcast, uh, many of you. All right, this is my this. I've told Ben about this. This is the weirdest part for me, where I'm talking to an invisible audience, <laughs> like a hypothetical potential listener. Many of you may remember Ben from the season finale of season two. Hello, Hello Ben. Hi, I'm here. I'm back. Yeah. Did you miss me? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> but maybe the listeners. Am I? <laughs> ben is going to be joining for more episodes this season 
as is, as will be. So will Dylan, <laughs> Dylan Riley, who is not joining us today, uh, but will for future episodes this season. Uh, but we're happy to have our first guest of the season in the studio. And boy, is it a good one. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, we have Matt Shearer. I didn't realize I was going to be kicking off an entire season. So I should really set the bar super low, I think. So definitely, uh, definitely. can only go up from here. That's that's been my philosophy this entire time of the show. Yes. Like, build, man. Like we were just mm -hmm. saying, like Ben was just saying, wow, this feels like an official setup. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's a lot better than me just recording out of my laptop speakers or like yeah. my like earbud headphones for season one. No, this is a nice yeah. setup. Yeah, and again, I mean, band, you know, it's like bands never play their best song first i mean sometimes no. they do depending on your taste actually you know that band dragon force through the fire and oh yeah, yeah 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 i saw them in like 2008 or did so did they open with that not only did oh. they open with it they closed with it too oh that's, that's, so so that's like a seven minute song right yeah. and they had like fans set up on the front of the stage so their hair was blowing in the wind as they were playing what, that song. how long did they play it like because that's like a you know, that's a good 15 minutes Yeah, so already. So it could be a quarter. I mean, set. it was a metal show. So, yeah. you know, I don't think anyone was complaining about them playing too long or, yeah. you know. And I mean, that twice. is the Dragon Force song. I can't yes. name another one. Uh, yeah, I definitely <laughs> had the album that that was on, but I but that was mainly because that song was in Guitar Hero. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure that was the first song on that album, too. And once was. you heard that song, you've heard them all. But <laughs> yeah. that's not to say the other ones are bad. They're just, I mean, if you like Through the Fire and Flames, you're going to get that. it over yeah. and over again. That is great because for every episode, uh -huh. every musician, musical artist that gets named, yeah. I make a playlist to go along with the episode that has, so for better or for worse, Dragon yes. Force is through the fire and flames is kicking off you, the playlist no, no, no. and closing and it. Closing it. And closing <laughs> it. And, you know when you try to add a song that's already on a playlist and say, "Hey, yeah. bud, that's already this time." I'm saying yes. yes. Add again. Add, add, it. add it again. Add again. <laughs> if you have to do the live version or something, I'm sure it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see? There's a video going around them right now that's going viral. I, this is, by the way, this just became an episode about Dragon Force. Hell yeah! They, there's a new video going viral of them playing "My Heart Will Go On" by Celine. Oh my god! It's and I'm not joking when I say they actually slay that song. It's like it, it almost the way the as song, if that were a dragon. Yeah, they slayed it. But something about the way that song is composed and the way it's so epic and their whole thing is like epic fantasy mm -hmm. metal. It's like the build up near far wherever you are, and you know that really fast. It's it's great. The blast beat, if you will. Oh yeah. Uh, that, so I'm just I'm just gonna also talk about viral videos I've seen that that's, nobody that's else okay. has seen. It's your line of work. Yeah. It's your profession is viral yeah, videos. That's true. That yeah, for any <laughs> listeners unfamiliar with Matt, he's a reporter for WBZ News Boston. Radio. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, and lately, been getting a lot of viral movement on your TikToks and Reels. Yeah, for uh, sure. where you visit local, you visit, go to Massachusetts towns. And yeah. 
give the lowdown. Give like a, a brief like profile on on that town. What's going on there? Yeah. So that's definitely. I mean, I I do a lot of stories that are you know your your typical like feature news stories, fun, cool people doing interesting things, cool places around town. But yeah, I've started that series where I'll just go to random towns and quote try to find something cool. And that exact verbiage came from a comment we got on one of my videos, which was go to Bellingham, try to find something cool. And I thought, well, that's about the laziest pitch I've ever heard in my <laughs> entire life for a story. But it's so bad that I'm going to do it. I'm, yes. I told my editors, I was like, someone said I should go to Bellingham and try to find something cool. And like picture like these people in a newsroom who've been doing this for so long be like, what? I'm like, no, trust me. And I built up enough trusted within the newsroom that they're like okay i don't really know what you're talking about matt but we we know you have a vision for it go do it <laughs> right well at this point it must be like i can i go to and then it was like yes just go yeah like yeah you, exactly. they, and the goal is not to really like actually profile the town it's to kind of go and just with no prior research and find myself on a random mm -hmm. adventure you know and yeah. so what always ends up happening inevitably is people are up in the comments, why didn't you go to this place? Why didn't you go to the place that the first sewing machine was invented or yeah. something? And it's like, well, because first of all, I didn't know that. I didn't look it up at all before I got there. But you I, go with the wind. Yeah. You know, it's your, exactly. It's like I showed up to, is your to the Honeydew Donuts and started asking people, like, what's cool in town? And like, the Honeydew Donuts. Me. I mean, yeah. Ugh, if your town cool. has a Honeydew Donuts, that's a sign that you are in a cool town because, yeah. like, they were once everywhere, and now it's more of a rare thing. And somehow still sponsor the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> what's know, the deal with that? Tatum, right? I don't know how they have Celtics money, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's all they're advertising yeah. right now. They yeah. <laughs> but also Dunkin' Donuts advertise uh -huh. with the Celtics, mm -hmm. too. And I'm like, isn't oh, is different that not... Pl different players, though, right? It's like... Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty oh, sure right, yeah. it's like Jason Tatum does the endorsements with... Honeydew Donuts and Duncan gets who do they get? Marcus Smart or something? Yeah, they have, they have Marcus. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So yeah, so that's a sign of a cool town. The other random thing that keeps happening whenever I go to these towns, and this is not by design at all, but every one of these towns that I go to has a Dairy Queen, which is mm, whoa, and that's rare. In Marshfield, like I was saying, you were telling Dairy me to go Queen. to Marshfield. Yeah. I, I would. <laughs> Well, I would amend that I was not necessarily to, I was asking if you had. No, well, that's true. Doesn't Steve Carell own a place yes, down there? Yes, he does. Yeah. yeah. And He's, Steven Tyler used to live there. But, you know, enough about Steven Tyler, because I've already said enough about him yeah. on this, on very running beef. <laughs> I'll say something else about Steve Carell, though. He is from my hometown of Acton, Massachusetts. So mm. there you go. Love Steve Carell. Oh, yeah. He's probably... The third most famous person from Acton behind Big Bird and me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Big Bird was born in Acton? The guy who plays, the guy in the Big oh. Bird oh, okay. suit All is right. from, yeah, Carol Spinney. I thought you were saying Big Bird himself yeah. was <laughs> him. <laughs> they, they, they sewed <laughs> up that costume. Huge nests in Acton. You got to check it yeah. out. These, this prehistoric <laughs> That, like they found the bones bird. of a giant. <laughs> They're native to uh, Acton, the Acton uh, region of Massachusetts. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like you go to so many crazy places and part of the thrill of your videos is that they all start the exact same way, which is you running past a street or road sign that has mm -hmm. the um, the name of the yeah. town on it. And uh, from there, the, the stakes are so low that anything that happens is always is always amazing. But <laughs> but 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 genuinely, I mean, like so many of your of your stories end up as music stories, even if they don't always start that way. <laughs> so funny. there's yeah. there's almost an argument to make that you are like one of the preeminent music journalists. 
of of all of fiddlehead of, popped up behind you it was fiddlehead right yep yeah in, yeah in exactly i went to a, Bro- yeah. a fiddlehead show in brockton and you know it's interesting because brockton has for so many years had that huge hardcore scene and mm. so much of that is that dude colin that i interviewed in the video colin campbell he was the one that's been booking those shows for so many years and so when i got to brockton i thought well you know that's an interesting kind of random adventure to go on yeah let's go talk talk about the hardcore scene there but a lot of people from Brockton, I think, brought up a really great point that, you know, it's such a small piece of what Brockton is. And Brockton is so all about like this cultural identity. Mm-hmm. And so for the first time in doing all these videos, I actually went back and did a part two. Yeah. A tour mm-hmm. guide from some people and, you know, really saw what they say is the real Brockton, where we went to all the different sides, north side, south side, east side, west side. And um, it was so much fun. Like, just uh, uh, Brockton really is a town. I mean, there's so much about Brockton. Brockton really is a town. It, is, <laughs> it actually is not a town. It's no, a city. It is a city. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, Brockton, and, and uh, that was an incomplete sentence. Brockton is a town slash city with um, just so such a strong community. So often when the city comes up in the news, it's not good. And that was really important to me when going there is to like show, not just use them as a punching bag. Like you see so many lame Boston influencers do mm-hmm. everyone on TikTok's like, Hey, here's the list of towns not to go to in Massachusetts. Here's Brockton, uh, Lawrence. Yeah. And you know that there's not something. to get heavy with it, but I think there's some racial. Motivation. I would think that exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And um, so my goal was to go into Brockton and not do any of that. Um, you know, ironically, I ended up at a hardcore show, which is overwhelmingly white. And so I think that's where a lot of people were like, hey, you should go back to Brockton and do something more. And I'm glad I did. They also have a pretty flourishing hip hop scene at the moment, especially 100%. with the Van Buren records. Yeah, oh, right on. Totally. Like they're they're just on the precipice of of blowing up. And yeah, like Every, people, really want that. to. Have, I really want to get them on this show before that happened. <laughs> a bunch of people brought up Van Buren while I was there. I think it's something they're really proud of, yeah. which is cool. Awesome. But they also, like a couple of, because they are a collective. Uh, and so, yeah. you know, a couple of their members have sort of that kind of hardcore element to their beats. Mm-hmm. You know, like early Tyler the Creator style beats with like those fat ass bass lines yeah. that are just like heavy as hell mm-hmm. um but yeah they're killing they're killing it 100 percent. and that recording studio i went to in part two of brockton to um sound lab awesome awesome space the dude who runs it he actually flew out to like la and new york to some of like the big top hip-hop studios in the country and just like saw how they did it he was like i mm. want to bring this magic to brockton and uh and yeah. so that's what he's doing absolutely there. It's pretty cool uh, speaking of recording studios, I do want to give a shout out to the record company yeah. where we are right now. Um, this yeah. is blowing my mind right now. I was just saying, like, I kind of want to come back and do a story here, too. This is like, yeah, sure. They would love fancy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It looks, you walk in, it looks like a spaceship, like no joke. Yeah. Like yeah. it's I feel like I am in the future right now and you just have to see it to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. like sort of in a, an odd area to like get to because like yes. everything around here is like very industrial like i had to walk past like the u-haul mm-hmm. depot storage buildings mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Q- a cube smart or two yeah it's in kind of that like no man's land of dorchester between like mass general and you know victoria's diner which is yeah. by the way hugely underrated diner in uh in the area everyone's always like oh south street diner you know the the ones in somerville or watertown but i'm telling you man victoria's diner in dorchester 
Mm. That's my jam. There's, Massachusetts isn't a huge diner state. No, it no. isn't. Yeah. Not like New Jersey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I've, I had friends from Jersey in college who were like, there's no, there's barely, barely any diners here. Yeah. I need some diner food. We had some. Do you, did you guys grow up around here? Yeah. yeah. You, you Marshfield. Remember? Yeah, yeah, of course. Do you remember the old chain uh, Bickford's? That yeah. was all over the place. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Actually, I think I just drove by I one. I can spot what used to be a Bickford's. Yes. 100%. I can spot what used to be a Friendly's. You know the color pattern. Friendly's, And a Bickford's yep. and, and former uh, Pizza, Pizza Hut. Huts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With the roof. <laughs> yeah. What does a Bickford's look like? If you didn't have like didn't a know. stripey design. Yeah. I don't remember if I remember right. And they had like a, an, what's that shape? trapezoid yeah it was yeah so, it was like an upside down trapezoidal oh, yeah sign. exactly i remember the shape of the sign it was sort of like a tilt is not I, I don't know if trapezoid is right but yes i know what you're talking about um and yeah that was a good one ground round too was another one the ground like, round right? holy shit yeah. I, you could recognize some old ground rounds but i think a lot of those got turned into like 99s which yeah. are now starting uh, to close down yeah uh, oh. this is becoming oh. an astou- massachusetts nostalgia <laughs> i guess I'm just I'm 99 too. reasons to come back weren't enough no well i did a story about that recently too god damn this economy they, uh, yeah 99 got rid of their potato skins and somebody reached out to me Ooh. being like he was all pissed in my dms he's like why is the mainstream media not covering this <laughs> i was like you know what you're right so i met that guy for lunch and like went down to the 99 corporate office and was like what's going on it's actually kind of a wild story so like they made a commitment to only get potatoes from Maine and like using this one supplier and then that one supplier literally burned down. The farm had this. Huge oh, my fire. God. And so rather than like replace their potato supplier, they're just like, well, let's just try something different. You know, we don't want to go back on our commitment to this one farm. <laughs> oh my God. So let's uh, now they do like loaded tots. So they get tater tots or something. Okay. Yeah, which it's different, but yeah. for the people who love the potato skins, they were called um, outrageous potato skins. I respect the loyalty. Yeah. But also, you know, that's that's loyalty to a certain fault that's like... you. Oh, that's not, so yeah. Massachusetts loyalty right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, <laughs> know, they got rid of my, my potatoes. And some oh, Massachusetts yeah. stubbornness, too, to like, like, well, our one main supplier... Uh, no, we can't get yeah. potatoes anywhere else. Well, nah. my, favorite, Just, my favorite interview <laughs> I got from that was this guy... <laughs> Who uh, was this older man? He was like, I used to go to the 99 every day. I don't go anymore. And I have gift cards. <laughs> that That's is so the sad. greatest insult. I, and I, have gift I cards. had a gift card to, what was the place? Sam Goody, the music oh, yeah, store. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For years. Mm-hmm. And then like they all closed down and became FYEs. Oh, yeah. And, but FYE for a while was still taking it. Mm-hmm. So I just went in and like converted the gift card to an FYE gift card oh, and then okay. never used that. And those <laughs> are all gone. And now really the only like actual music store chain is uh, Newberry Comics. Comics. Which is wow. getting away from music too. Yeah. If you've been in there recently, it's like going it's the back. Funko it's the Funko Pop store. store. It's the Funko Pop store. <laughs> I'm it's And manga. Yeah. Yeah, yeah legit. <laughs> Funko Pop and manga. And but they still have like a few of the heavy hitters. It's got their record collection is like slightly better than Targets. You know? Weebs are mm. everywhere. Weebs. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah. They're big business. <laughs> yeah. That's true. They they buy in big numbers. You uh-huh. are walking down the hallway at work and and you're you don't know who's a weep <laughs> same with furries I, I think about this a lot i'm like you know my there's a lot of people in this 
in this until op- you in this see building. them in a suit, and then you really know who's a furry. Mm-hmm. But no, you. But you, how how do you know though? Because they're in the first suit, so like. <laughs> Yeah, I think if you well, see if the you, suit, if you end up getting their, know who it their is. persona, if right. you end up getting their um, like phone number or anything, mm-hmm. and like have your contacts connected to social media, you might get them recommended on social media, and they, you know, you'll see that if their oh, profile pic, is that's true. Yeah, the, that's the persona. Then you know, that's a giveaway. Yeah. God bless the furries. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Yeah, culture. you know what? I've all, I've often wanted to live among them, like Jane Goodall. <laughs> I, that, that sounds like it sounds like I'm making fun of them, but I'm I'm genuinely not. No, no. Like, I mean, I'm sure if you went to a furry convention and you were just like respectful and walked around and just like took it all in, they would welcome you. They would be okay with you. You know, like yeah. you're right. They are so often like the target of jokes and everything. And like you know, I understand. It's 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 silly. We grew up seeing people dressing in these costumes and thought like they you know they were doing it for like cartoony jokey reasons but like i don't know it's a lifestyle for these people and it makes them happy keeps them out of trouble i got no beef with furries yeah what really just like blew my mind about it because i think a lot of people when they first hear about it just assume that it's just a kink fetish thing. yes but it's so much more than that surely that's a part of it but like just like you like sex is part of your life well maybe not for some of the listeners (laughs) uh, if you're listening to this show you should probably i don't know (laughs) download a dating app or something Uh, uh, but yeah like you know like that's their lifestyle and like you know sex is part of that but like i what blew my mind is i was just it, it kind of was like a, a non-porn rule 34 thing with me mm-hmm. where I just realized that if you, I was like, if I Google furries and then like anything, right. there's content for it. So I went on you and I was like furry calculus. And it was a, a, a fur, like person in the fursuit do it like. Teaching a calculus no lesson. Kidding. Teaching wow. people how to do derivatives it's on like YouTube. It's like a whole alternative class. universe. Yeah. That's amazing. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I think it just goes to this idea of people like in the internet age can live an entirely different life than they're living in real life. You know, like even before all that, even if it's not like about a fursona, like we're all a little different on social media than we are in person. Oh, yeah. right? Yes. Like just a little bit. We're putting, we're only putting out there what we want to put out there. We're creating yeah. this identity that really is not all that authentic or genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, even but, though, you know, we try to be real. And so it's like the same thing in the furry world. It's like, except to like an extreme, they're creating a whole new identity and a whole new life to live. It's, it's like role playing, you know, or it's like LARPing. That's what yeah, I'm, that's exactly. what I'm looking for. Well, in the same I draw way, the line of, I, I will embrace furries. I draw the line of LARP. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the same way that, Sorry, you, you, that you might say something on online that you wouldn't, might not say in real life, um, yeah. you, you might, present yourself in a way online that you might not present yourself in in real life either. Like you might Mm -hmm. present yourself online as like a anthropomorphic squirrel, Mm -hmm. but you can also do that. Like that, that's when the, the full bleed is there with, with the furry there. They are full bleed of like, of your digital self. Yeah. Yeah. In the made physical made flesh. That's why, you know, it's funny. So in my line of work, I, I get asked to go to like cover a lot of different conventions in town. And it's just I feel like such an easy target to like kind of go to something like a furry convention and just like make fun of them. Let it be the butt of the joke. So when I go to these things, like I try again to not do that, but also mm-hmm. still find ways to have fun. Like I went to um, 
fan expo in Boston. And I think a lot of outlets would be like, look at these nerds like in their cosplay and stuff. But I thought I'd take a different angle. And when I got there, I only exclusively interviewed people dressed as Eddie from Stranger Things. <laughs> and oh, so yeah. my entire thing was like each person I went up to, they were like, oh, yeah, I'm Eddie from Stranger Things. I'm Eddie from Stranger Things. And there were a ton of them because that season had like just recently yeah, yeah. dropped. And that was fun. Like the, I, I, it was just fun for me to do. That's my whole philosophy with this stuff is it's like if it's not fun for me to do this story, no one's going to have fun watching it mm -hmm. or listening to it. So I try to make it as fun as possible as I can for myself. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of been my philosophy as a music journalist. Like I totally do mm -hmm. not cover things that I don't enjoy. Yeah. Cause I, I don't like, I read, you know, sites, I won't name the big one. Uh, but the, <laughs> the one that gives out, you know, ratings to the, the 10th decimal point, mm. uh, mm. you know, yes. Can't think of one. Can't think of but, but I'm like, so many of those reviews are like cynical and like, yeah. you know, trying to be, you know, sound super smart about like smarter than you. Yeah. Yeah. Like here's this band that everyone likes. I'm going to tell you why they suck or, yeah. you know, that's lazy. And I'm just like, I just, yeah. I enjoy so much music. Like mm -hmm. I, I like even music that I normally, what it was like not being able to go to shows throughout the pandemic. Once oh, yeah. I started going to shows again, I was like working merch at a couple shows that I would, you know, never have been at mm -hmm. before. And I was like, you know what? I wouldn't seek this out on my own, but like people are having a good time and like yeah. the music's fine. And I was like, that's totally. beautiful. That's beautiful. And like, I just want to keep it positive. You know? I think when you're younger, your musical taste is so tied to your identity and like how you see yourself and project yourself. And you want like everyone to know when you don't like something. Mm. And maybe this was me. Like I, you know, I, I I'm about to, am I going to give out my age here? Sure. Why not? Everyone thinks I'm so much younger than I am. I'm about to be 36. Yeah. And what's your social security number? It's <laughs> <laughs> my home address. Yeah. I am. Um, yeah. I'm about to be 36. So like when I was in high school, it was the era that this like pop emo ish pop punk mm -hmm. was like really big in the mainstream, right? Like the still fallout boys. <laughs> and, well, it's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's totally coming back. It's cool now because it's like nostalgic for people. And, yeah. Um, it's retro. Exactly. It's codified. And I was just like, so it, it was so important to me to let people know that I did not like that stuff. I was so like anti emo at, that I was deep in the ska world at the time. I was like, <laughs> I was Mr. Ska kid in high school. Oh my God. <laughs> like, they call me Mr. Ska. <laughs> and there were bands that I didn't even give a chance to because I saw some of the emo kids in quotes wearing their t-shirts. And I was like, oh, well, I don't want to associate with like that crowd. So. Mm. I'm not going to check out Alkaline Trio. But like years later, I was like, oh, I actually like Alkaline Trio. <laughs> or like Taking Back Sunday. I'm like, oh, well, that album's actually pretty good. Yeah. You know? I had a similar thing. Thursday like, too. I wouldn't mm. have said I was anti-emo at any point, mm -hmm. but I like I wasn't into it. Yeah. Like in middle school when everybody else was. Yeah. I got into like British post-punk revival bands. So like, like Block Party. Oh, yeah. yeah. And looking back, because I still like, Silent Alarm by Block Party is still one of my favorite albums. Mm. I listen to that and I'm like, 
this is pretty fucking close to um, the American emo that was happening at the yeah. time. Like, there's a lot of sim. I think there's more similarities than differences, and I they're th- both I, happening, you know, concurrently. I feel like I missed a class. Like sometimes, like I'm listening to music and I'm and I'm here. I can hear the the emo DNA in it, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I just like I think did, we none of us had an emo emo uh, phase in no, as yeah, as I youth. So I, I didn't. Yeah. I definitely didn't. But. Yeah, like you hear the the emo influence in like a 1975 song or like a, yeah. even like um like a pile song or something where you know like there's mm-hmm. there's like that there's that like thread of emo that that you hear and you're like ah well there there it is it's 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 in the firmament it's truly in the firmament yeah and, and there were also so many of those like emo adjacent bands that like I'm sure even associating the term emo with these bands like a band like at the drive-in you know was really yeah, right. big in the emo world but like you listen to that now and there's just like so much more going on like to, mm-hmm. to even classify it but but like they attracted sort of the same crowd and I don't know what yeah. it was maybe it was his singing maybe it was the the themes of the you know sort of self-harm I guess I don't know it's weird. Like really intense. Yeah. Emotional. Like, I think they would have been like just before that, like early to mid two thousands, like pop emo wave. Yeah. And, and so they were probably very influential on like, yes, like, I think that's kind of what I'm yeah. getting at. Yeah, exactly. Cause like you hear the seeds being planted there that eventually evolved into what got really big in mainstream. And that's like all music is. Yeah. It's just, it's like, it's never like, Scenes don't start and stop. They, it's a river that f- like flows. Yeah. Wow. Um, that was beautiful. You know, like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wax and poetic. Yeah. On the show. And then uh, sometimes they come back around. I don't know because oh, like, def- like, yeah. Like I think we we live at. L- I think it's actually quickening. But I I've always assumed that we live on a thirty year cycle, mm-hmm. like mm. culturally, where if you look at the fifties to the sixties to the seventies. In the 80s, you start getting a lot of... Uh, 50s nostalgia. Nos- well, for, in America, you get 50s nostalgia. But then later in the decade, especially in England, you start getting 60s nostalgia, which continues into the 90s. Um, right. So you look at you look at um, a lot of, like... Because, you know, bands that were post-punk in the early, early 80s, like Susie and the Banshees, like... Some of their later albums start to bring, become neo psychedelia. Um, oh, true. And uh, yeah, and so like it kind of like repeats like that. And then now, like I think the past decade, we saw a bunch of like '80s revival type yep. acts move into like '90s because there like there was a grunge revival for a bit, and now we're see- like Gen Z and younger have been adopting like the baggy, you know, yes. the, all, the, with the baggy pants with the chains on it. And I'm like, mm. that's like early two thousands and emos as big as it ever was. Yeah. And so we're just like in the mid early two thousands. Yeah. Now. I think what it is, is that the, the generation that is what, whoever is currently like preteen to like 25, they kind of define what is like, culturally popular uh in like the sort of like pop mainstream sense yep and so that kind of 
But it it works on this cycle. But I also wonder if that gap that you're talking about of 30 years is getting shorter. Yeah, I think it is. Because mm-hmm. of social media, I think. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Just because of the fact that, like, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's a more a matter of people's attention spans are shorter now. Well, one of my best friends in college used to, she used to describe the time that we were living in as a graveyard of anachronisms, which okay. has always wow. stuck. Where it's yeah. just like, you know, like if everything is like a reference to something deemed as retro, then it's like, you know, at some point, you know, you have to inject a little bit of originality. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that's how newness is created. Like you Mm -hmm. still, you, you take influence from something, but then you, you add a new spin to it. Yes, totally. Uh, And you kind of, uh, and I mean, that's when like things really move forward. I wasn't listening to an interesting discussion recently about, this past year in like pop music and how nothing really, you know, blew up that was particularly new. Like probably the biggest thing in pop music in the past year was the Taylor Swift album. Mm -hmm. But like there was, there were no real new artists. It was still like Dua Lipa, still The Weeknd and still all these artists who we've been hearing about for, for years now. Um, And maybe it's just because nobody's, that's trying something new is uh i don't know I, i'm not articulating this big, well big pop tends to play it safe a yeah. lot um yeah. it's really weird like you'll have like speaking of the weekend like his newest chart hit is a song from his like album from 2016 like he just mm-hmm. re-recorded it with ariana grande <laughs> yeah. and now it's a hit again um kate bush was top 10 from or had a, had a top five song from a song from 1985 yeah even metal for the same uh, reason as kate bush metallica had this like Back second string mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it, when i actually went and watched that season i was like because i had already you know i waited because i yeah. just don't watch tv based on yeah anymore yeah, yeah. but I, I saw like especially the the running up that hill sequence and i was like this kind of scene kind of sucks <laughs> like i <laughs> yeah. the, like the, shots fired the way this the way the song is edited into the scene i just i really did not like and it dragged on for too long and i same with the metallica one where i was like i think they just want to like record music videos to some of their favorite 80s songs and that that show is actually a great example of kind of this this rose tinted view of like retro that we uh, like, you know, it's nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. A lot of the time, yeah. I wish Stranger Things ended after season one. Well, That's my uh, also like the, the people who are making the culture, like Stranger Things, are nostalgic. That was the time that they grew up. But so, yeah, like, the, Duff- the Duffer Brothers were like four in like the year that Stranger Things. It's supposed to take place like it's That's true but they grew up watching like the movies and mm-hmm. stuff of that era mm-hmm. i'm sure they grew yeah. up watching et e- 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 exactly yeah. e- 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 poltergeist because the yeah. first season was like a love letter to the the two stevens of the 80s spielberg and king yep true uh, like it was you know yeah each season they definitely explore like a different aspect of 80s culture yeah you know but it just it just becomes like a, a reference to a different 80s thing like there was like yeah. the invasion of the body snatcher season season yeah. mm-hmm. uh there like last season like when they finally we finally figured out that like you know the the big we're getting bad, into spoiler territory oh i don't give a fuck <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you haven't seen it don't oh my god uh, but the point but is Vecna was like he was Freddy Krueger it was yeah, exactly Freddy yeah, Krueger totally 
But yeah, and of course, as Stranger Things is the example we're using of this bigger conversation, which is like, why does nostalgia hit when, you know? Mm. So yeah, that's that's it's crazy stuff to think about too. And and I like what you're talking about with like the rose tinted glasses and like, you know, I don't know, having this altered memory of the past based on, you know, maybe positive memories. Not even memory, because I'm saying like, like kids who weren't alive in the 80s. Oh, like, yeah, I yeah. was born in 1991. Mm-hmm. I fucking love the 80s. Yeah. I yeah. love like 80s, especially music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh, 80s music is cheesy. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, it's not. Like, do like, have you heard Prince? You know, like, heard, yeah. of, heard of them. There's good 80s music for sure. I think what people are thinking of is the oversaturated synthesizer yeah. in every pop song. Whereas like mm. you go back and you take some of that out or just re-record yeah. it. There were some brilliant hooks. Absolutely. Hook, hooky, yeah. catchy songs back then that just hooky, get ruined by the mm-hmm. recording quality. Yeah. It's it's like that kind of recording quality that doesn't age well. You know, it's like when you're yeah. using like the hottest technology mm-hmm. of whatever time. It's, I, I don't know. Well, if, since we're also, time. that was the time period where like since we're getting very popular and widespread yeah. um and you know like it was a lot more they were cheaper than other instruments yeah uh they were more convenient space wise and so everybody was adopting synthesizers but not everyone knew how to play or program a synthesizer mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, like um you know in beat it like the like the little like wow the intro yeah. yeah so that's a preset yeah. <laughs> uh, totally. Yeah. Like that's I literally had that on like my a, Casio that yeah. I got from Kmart and Apple. Wait, <laughs> no, uh, not '80s. But did you see the video with Damon Albarn uh, where he was playing? Uh, like his, he had a drum machine and like um, uh, Clint Eastwood. Like uh-huh. it was literally the the first preset on. Oh on his yes, drum machine. I did hear yeah. about that. Yeah, and it's <laughs> crazy. I know it's just a preset. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. I love that. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, speaking of like, you know, rose, rose tinted glasses and, and, you know, uh, having nostalgia for a culture you didn't experience. There's, there's like teenagers who run Stan accounts for the Beatles. Like you'll, there are like Instagrams that are like, wow, isn't Paul, doesn't Paul look so cute here? And (laughs) he does. And it's, it's really, it's, it's great. But like, I mean, he wasn't really cute. Um, (laughs) So cute. Who's the cutest Beatle, Matt? Oh, it's Paul. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not just saying, well. I think he's the cutest. In terms of. The hottest is George. Yeah. Maybe the cutest in terms of personality, though, is Ringo. And in terms of his songs, because those are just oh, yeah. adorable. In the town so where I was born. Those are the teddy bears of oh, Beatles songs. You, you know, just want to hold them. Yeah. I have a song about an octopus. <laughs> <laughs> have I shown you the octopus one? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the Beatles, they were uh, the first, I guess, boy band in a way, if you think about it. It's the template for every every pop group yeah that has followed like every single one you know the major labels just were like get get those instruments out of there yeah (laughs) we're not unnecessary did you notice a couple years ago when like beatles hate was like really popular on social media when it was like cool to come out and be like the beatles suck come on i don't even I worked in a record store for a bit, uh-huh. and I I love the Beatles, but uh-huh. I got sick and tired of talking about them because <laughs> I don't think there's any conversation you can have that's like that gonna elucidate any new takes on the Beatles. <laughs> like all the takes on the Beatles have been took. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I just got up. tired of like 
50 plus white guys coming into the the store and being like oh like you know the during the recording session of this like or like talking to me like i don't know the beatles like i haven't listened to the beatles for decades and it's like dude it's the biggest band in the world like 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 the one of the most famous acts of all time do you think it's safe to say that the consensus among most people is that they're the best band in the world I think if you polled people on the street and asked them what the best band in the world was or in, is in, of, all time. of all time, yeah, they, I think the most the the top answer would be Beatles. Right. If you were on uh, what's that show, Family Feud? Yes. And top five answers are on the board. I think it would also depend on like what where you were and like what mm-hmm. what mm. the demographic of the communities were. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think there's any other band that comes close in that regard. I mean, at the time, obviously, the big rivalry was Beatles versus Rolling Stones. But, like, nobody talks about the Rolling Stones. Like, they are, they are the greatest of all time, you know? Mm. But arguably, I'd say, you know, you they're put, still you, kicking. You I don't think they... make that argument. But, like, it's not in the mainstream sense yeah. that the Beatles are, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I think it's more impressive to for Mick Jagger to be still busting oh, those dude. moves. Like total. himself. It's unbelievable. He's like 90 years old and he's like wiggling around yeah. on a, in a stadium. Still, still. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And he's looked 90 years old for the past 30 years. It's the guy like, is a machine. He is. Still virile too. He still have, he still has like kids under Young 10. children. <laughs> God bless him. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't think they've made a good record since the seventies, but no. they're still, they're still at it. And for that, I respect them. hundred percent. Yeah. Honestly, the fact that Keith Richards is still alive when, you know, Brian Jones, uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie Watts, Watts RP. Uh, you know, they've both passed, but somehow Keith Richards <laughs> is still alive. Yeah. He was probably on the top of everyone's death pool. Like if we're talking about <laughs> bands from that era and he's how, still doing it. Yeah, how many people have lost money because Keith Richards is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, no, great for him. I like he fell out of a coconut tree like fifteen what? years ago. He was or a palm tree or something. Like he was on vacation somewhere tropical and was decided to climb like a a palm tree and he fell out of it. And he that like if the if the drugs the years and years of, of drug abuse yeah. didn't take him, then a palm tree's not gonna do <laughs> shit to Keith Richards. It's unbelievable how many guys like that survived that decade with all of the things that they were doing. And like, it's amazing that like that Bowie lived to when he lived till and like Prince yeah. lived to when he lived till. And like, they, they died in like relatively like anodyne ways. Yeah. Maybe the I'm secret sure. to life is just to absolutely abuse your body for so many years when you're young in a rock and roll <laughs> mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. When you're young, that's, that's every time I ever did drugs in my twenties, uh-huh. I was just like, this is, I'm so rock and roll right now. <laughs> And I'm not, even, I'm not even kidding. I probably did have that in mind. And, this is you know, so cool. God, those years are done. <laughs> I know. When you're doing drugs, you're like, this is so cool what I'm doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I look so sick. <laughs> I'm so cool. Well, you look back on those times and probably feel a little different. Yeah. I don't know. Laying the seeds for like a heart problem later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Now, you know what's crazy? I, uh, I actually got into straight edge hardcore at a certain point in my life and uh, have stayed that way my whole life. And wow. so I've never done drugs, Good for you. never drank alcohol. I uh, probably makes me sound very boring right now, but uh, no. no, it's real. 
My big vice, though, I mean, it's not to say that I've been great to my body. I have a horrendous sugar addiction, which mm. is wild. What's your Jones? Uh, chocolate chip cookies. Oh. Well, uh, do you have like a brand or like? I was on a quest for a long time to find the best chocolate chip cookie in Boston. I had like a whole Instagram account and everything. Oh, my gosh. And reviewed chocolate chip cookies at different cafes. And um, the best one, which actually did not survive the pandemic, is uh, was Cafe Madeline in the South End. They were amazing. But the South End actually has a few pretty good cookies um it's been a while since i've done that quest so off the top of my head i'm gonna have trouble naming them but uh, yeah so it's it's all about going to those little bakeries where they bake them fresh every day that's mm. the trick because you'll get the, to these places where it's like oh we bake our cookies on tuesdays so by monday you're getting this like mm. crusty dry old thing the <laughs> cookie, right and the cookie isn't even the star of the show it's like these bakeries that feel like they have to have a chocolate chip cookie on their menu just out of necessity because if they didn't they it's, would it's the cookie them. yeah it's yeah. the like think of like name another cookie you, you know can't. <laughs> can't do it you can't, there are no <laughs> other <laughs> doodle. classic sugar. no no <laughs> what are those do not <laughs> caramel delights i know i know i'm you know i'm you've come in as co-host right but I'm going to call executive, <laughs> an executive order. Do not diss a snickerdoodle on the show, Ben. I'm sorry. <laughs> ben, go to the corner. I will, I will Sit in the corner for five minutes. Just and lost then, your gig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeez. Man. But I mean, the child, it's it's all about you got to get them fresh. You got to make sure that like they, they time it just right, too, so that when they pull it out of the oven, you get like the circle of crunch around the outside, with maybe a little bit of crisp mm. on the bottom, mm. but the gooey warm goodness in the middle. The chocolate to cookie ratio is very important. And also screw what you see on these foodie influencers, TikTok accounts or Instagrams where they're like opening up those big giant cookies that just ooze chocolate because those are designed to look good on Instagram, mm. but not necessarily to taste good. Um, all, all for sure. The best tasting cookies look just okay on Instagram. You know? Sorry, I, I'm very passionate about this particular no, topic. No, go, go up. Okay, well, can <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. I've talked to some chefs about this too, and it's not just isolated to cookies because food presentation is more important than it's ever been now. Uh, yeah. True. You it's just like, had a video today about gold on pizza. Again, yes. This goes back to what we were saying on like social media. It's mm -hmm. the same thing. You know, you get to you know, present a certain persona or a certain like yeah. image of yourself. It's the same with food. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. I, totally. I bet some restaurant, fucking Salt Bay has made his entire <laughs> oh career my God. off this because it was one yeah. image of him, you know, like that was funny, but then he started doing <laughs> it all the time. I watched more of those videos. I was like, you're wasting so much salt. It's his whole brain. Like, you're missing the fucking meat. <laughs> and now he has restaurants where he sells gold flaked steak yes he has for, one in boston for like, in the back for like two thousand dollars like a steak and i'm like you did a, a video just today mm -hmm. uh, with the gold flake the gold pizza, pizza. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah which actually i will say but gold doesn't have it doesn't add any flavor, it doesn't to food. Add any flavor. No. it's purely visual but i will say in that place's defense it's called bardo bar pizza in southie i will give them a shout out here because oh, yeah. they're not charging an arm and a leg for no that yeah yeah it's six that was a bucks. crucial a crucial element i think of that story yeah. totally agreed mm -hmm. and um so that was really good. And, and like, yeah, it didn't add much to the flavor, but the pizza itself held up. The pizza yeah, was yeah. good. No, I don't mean to diss them. And no. more like this guy who's made a, an entire career out yeah. of like 
the image of food with and if you read reviews of this restaurant they're like this isn't good food at all <laughs> and like our bill was like five thousand dollars you want to know a funny <laughs> story about that i i interviewed him when they opened that place in town because they um it, it was opening up so that that's a news story like this mean yeah, yeah. guy has a restaurant in it town. Is. but i didn't want to do the story without actually getting the guy so i mm. show i i couldn't get in touch with them via email or phone call no one was answering i show up to the place and they're all like oh yeah he's really busy he doesn't have time right now well i'm kind of in the area and five minutes later i see him outside smoking and so i just walk up to him and i'm like hey man do you have time for a quick interview he's like yeah let's go <laughs> it was the people he around, yeah press. oh he loves the media but oh it was my the God. people around him didn't want him talking um wow. that, <laughs> that yeah. does it's, it's like yeah. how kanye west's team totally, yeah. totally. every day i'm gonna bleep his name <laughs> So, uh, but no, I mean, that was a funny moment for me. Just like walking out of there after I got the interview and seeing those PR people giving me dirty looks and me being like, <laughs> you like know. that Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> strolling down the sidewalk. Like you can't stop someone who's that crave, like Craven. desperate for attention. Like you right. can't stop them from talking. No, not at all. Did you, like, did you see after Argentina won the World Cup, he was on the field with yes! like, taking oh, photos with God. Messi and Messi just kind of like, who, who the fuck is this? <laughs> He was holding the World Cup trophy like, like he had any part of that yeah. whatsoever. And the thing is, too, because like his whole brand is built off of the way he looks. He, he always has to be wearing that skin tight white. Oh, my God. Always has to be wearing the sunglasses, has to have the same mustache and ponytail like he can never do a different look. And he or won't be Salt Bay anymore. He won't get these interviews. He's, he's tied to that meme image. He can't. If he, as he well. stops being that, then his whole credit is gone. I will say yes. as as. Someone of Turkish descent. That's a very Turkish look. Okay. And he is yeah. Turkish. He is Turkish. Wait, why was he on the Which is with- why he annoys me so much because I'm like, God damn, like I <laughs> share part of my blood with you. Like I <laughs> wait, he's not even Argentinian? He's your cousin. No, yeah. No, he <laughs> was, was he I mean there? he was there because it was in the World Cup was in Qatar. Oh, sure. Mm. In the neighborhood. Yeah. I mean he he probably has like a restaurant there. I, he's got restaurants all over the world. Yeah. Salt Bay, Qatar. Salt and also, Bay. it was like it's such a huge event. And, like you know, I understand why he wanted to be there. I don't understand wh- wh- how he got on. Who let him on the field? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, well, I guess. there must have been a few security guards that knew him. Like, oh, you're the pride of our country. Yeah. Like, come on in, mm. man. I don't know. Yeah, he probably got like special access. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, but wait, no, it wasn't in Turkey. So yeah, it was in Qatar. He was in Qatar. Yeah. So never mind. No. <laughs> never mind. He's, never mind. Yeah, pride like, of he's our the, country. Pride of someone's he country. He is like an internationally known celebrity now. Yes. So God, like he he ha, he owns these expensive restaurants that mm-hmm. only like the elite can eat at. Yeah. And so like he's got connections. Yeah, let he, that be the lesson. Like you know, just lean into it. You just know, rip to, off the rich. <laughs> I really didn't think Salt Bay was very funny as a meme, though. No, it I, was the first one that I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even think it was that it was all that funny. It was that like it was all these people were like thirsting after him, right on wow. Twitter because that the original tweet was just like this man is Salt Bay, and yeah. so like all the thirsty comments. He also came used in. to do it shirtless a lot too. Oh, did he? Oh, wow, I didn't see that. Yeah. So then there's that too. You no, know, he's like. Got a good physique, you know. He like, does. Yeah. He works out. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> all, all, I mean, all that protein all that he's eating. Meat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
all the meaty salting yeah. <laughs> and curing. But have you ever seen a video where he put any other seasoning on it? No. Yeah, nope. absolutely Just not. the biggest, flakiest salt. You go and you get the saltiest steak. <laughs> not even world, pepper. But it's golden. Not even pepper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no pepper. <laughs> or a, no A1 sauce in that building either. It's just <laughs> yeah. all salt. I wonder if it's like, it's got to be, it's kosher salt, right? We've discussed this. Is it's It's not, it's not sea salt or uh you know i think it must be kosher because it looks like bigger iodine flaky. not iodized salt from the <laughs> table, table salt no yeah no. that would that'd be low rent for him because yeah, you can see it like it comes out on camera so I yes think he, he yes uses the larger salt yeah someone needs to make a salt based shirt kind of like that jawbreaker shirt that rips off the salts thing you know oh yeah, yeah in the jawbreaker font it just the says morton salt bay. <laughs> yeah the morton that's what it is the yeah totally the ripoff t-shirts are big business too like on social media and with bands i mean oh yeah yeah. you know it's a problem you can't you can't tweet the word shirt anymore or the boss will come for you they're like oh it would be cool to have a shirt of this and and then you get like five different bots that are like oh did you say you want a shirt of this i have a link for you right here that's true it's dangerous i just saw a random tweet today that it was like bands you guys need to print on like heavier print your shirts on Mm. heavier material and i was Mm. like I'm worried about that because that's how we get Gildan shirts. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. I'm not trying to live in that, you yeah. know, yeah. like I like a, I like a soft light. Shirt. Give me, give me a fruit of the loom tea. Give me You're, a, I, I know some bands have done this. The one that comes to mind instantly is a band that I loved a lot when they were active as bomb, the music industry in oh, the yeah. very early Scott days. Band. Yeah. Jeff Rosenstock's old band. He would go around and people would bring blank T-shirts and he'd just have a stencil and spray paint and like give people free bomb the music industry. That's t-shirts rad. Right there. Yeah. He was all about that was their whole shtick, especially in the beginning is everything was free. Like all their albums were free online. All the well, the shows were affordable, <laughs> not free. He, he in the early days was touring without a band. He just had an iPod that he and his guitar and he'd play along to tracks. Wow. That was fun. I mean, it was, you know, some people. Some people were giving him criticism, being like, why are you acting like you invented DIY? But he he didn't invent DIY. It was just a lot of young ska kids first exposure to DIY culture, mm. you know? And so they were like, whoa, this is so revolutionary and brilliant. And I don't know. It was cool. It was fun. I believe this was a DIY Twitter tweet that I about the, the shirt material. Yeah. Oh. They, they, <laughs> Those get, guys. They all hate each other. Do they? I I'm I think just anyone who's tweeting on DIY Twitter, all I see is just feuds and beef. And, How do they get on and, DIY Twitter? They make their own computers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. You say you know what? I did interview a guy whose name is kind of escaping me, but he's from here in Boston. Uh, he used to pull computer parts like basically out of a dumpster of like and and like build computers that way and now he's like he's into programming yeah i interviewed him because he started this whole like computer programming thing for kids but yeah him as a kid himself he didn't have a lot of money so like he would take whatever junk parts he could find and literally diy to computer don't don't be di don't be on diy twitter unless you're this guy unless you're (laughs) building computers out of junk unless you're living it i love a I love a good story like that where it's like you were just kind of doing your own thing and it's led you to this like totally this position because i the my like neighborhood the bar on my block mm-hmm. uh there's this one guy there and we got to talking about like psychedelic mushrooms and he was like <laughs> yeah i actually like i used to 
I'm fascinated by by like mushrooms of all kind, but especially psychedelic mushrooms. I used to grow and sell them when I was younger, yeah. which led me to my current job where he like works as like a biological engineer for like a big pharma company. That's amazing. Wow. I was I was like incredible. Like, yeah. Those stories of these childhood passions too, you know. Yeah. Just all because you love drugs. Tripping <laughs> <Like> balls. <laughs> Oh my god! It's always inevitable when you look back, like, oh well, that's obviously how I got here because I was obsessed with magic mushrooms, and now I'm a pharmacologist or something. <laughs> I think all mushrooms Happens are magic all the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a gateway drug to a career. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> Again, this is coming from someone like me who has never done magic mushrooms. But, uh. Well, you so you think, but. That's in true. In that water, in that glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> this interview's about to go. No wonder this place looks so cool. It's a spaceship, man. It's awesome. And you're wearing a NASA shirt right now. We're about to lift off. This podcast is about to lift, go into low orbit. <laughs> Does anyone want, I could listen to some George Clinton right now. Yeah. I went through a funk phase. I'm not going to lie. In uh, high school, I think every kid who uh, picks up a bass. At some point. Oh, yeah. Was that your instrument? Uh, that was the instrument I played in a band for a long time. But I would say guitar was mostly my instrument. I went through a phase, too, where I was really interested in, like, getting instruments that I did not know how to play and just sort of figuring it out, learning to play. So, like, I can poorly play a lot of instruments now. Right. Drums, <laughs> trombone, mm -hmm. saxophone, like, all sorts of random stuff you, like that. You own all those instruments still? Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. I do. I busted them out in random stories from time to time. Just like, yeah, that's ringing a bell. Yeah, yeah. Like I did a, a, an interview with this dude who he goes by the traffic cone sax man. Have you ever heard of this guy? Oh, I heard of him from your video. Yeah, but yes. he's from New Bedford. He takes this giant tall like traffic cone, shoves it in the horn of his saxophone, a baritone saxophone, which is already. Oh, the so lowest, he flips it upside down. And the, yep, exactly. It's the, so it's already the lowest saxophone you can get. But adding that extra length to the tube makes it like uh, extra low. And he can hit these crazy, like almost the brown note, basically like. <gasps> And uh, he, he's, this, he's this whole viral thing where he shows up at like Chipotle and like just starts playing <laughs> and it's extremely loud and it freaks people out. It's hilarious. So yeah, so I busted out my saxophone for that one to jam with him. I had my trombone out in another random story. I, played, wow. I did a story not long ago about how uh, you can't pay your way onto the radio. You can't pay to have a song played on the radio. It's payola. Mm -hmm. And so in order to prove that i recorded a whole original song where i played all the instruments it was like the worst song you've ever heard in your life on purpose and uh, i brought it to jam in 94.5 our sister station and tried to pay dj pup dog to play it on the air and he wouldn't take it <laughs> but to be fair it also was a terrible song i'm, I'm glad jam in 94.5 we'll play it though like yeah, at the end of this episode kicking, like yeah strong that yeah. was my like that was my station in, in like middle school oh yeah and, like, Again, every kid every growing up in Massachusetts goes through a jamming phase, and you know, it was uh, Ramiro and Pebbles. Yes, the, they the are now team. on Hot 96.9, which is a different, oh, station. yeah, yeah, which yeah. is like the throwback station, so it's like perfect for their brand, but um, yeah, a lot of. A lot of a lot of the old folks are still on jamming too. I mean, Santi's still over there, and DJ Pup Dog, who've been on for years, and uh, Ashley is their new morning show host. I know. I'm sorry. I I, I could nerd out about radio for for hours because 
That was the medium I chose, which led me to my career. My, well, my career. My what, what was your first job in radio? Were your ma- radio was your magic mushroom. True. It was, wow. right? So my this so this is funny. Actually, just this morning, I was at my high school for my old high school, my alma mater, as a career day, uh, giving like a career day off. speech. <laughs> and now I'm doing this on magic mushrooms and furries. It's uh, it's great. That's um, awesome, though. Like, yeah, no, it's cool. But like that's where it all began. And so uh, because we actually had at Acton Boxborough Regional High School a little radio station with like a three mile radius, mm. something like that. <laughs> but like, it was fun. It was a blast for me at the time. So I, much fun. I walked in during a free period. I kind of wandered into the radio station there one day and there was some upperclassman who smelled like cigarettes and had a tool shirt on. And he was just like, I don't really want to read this PSA. Can you read it? And I'm just like some 14 year old who wandered in there. I was like, yeah, okay. And I cracked the mic all nervously and I read it and he turned the mic off. And he was just like, you sound really good. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, thanks, man. And that was like a confidence boost that literally projected my life into this career that I'm still working now and I'm about to be 36. And like, so yeah, so at that station in high school, I eventually got a few of my own shows, played a lot of ska on those shows. Hell yeah. And uh, and, uh, no emo, of course. Mm -mm. And um, I became the station manager there. As a senior in high school, I interned at the old FNX. Do you guys remember that station? It was an alt-rock station on 1017. Yeah, 1017. Yeah, yeah. It was owned by the Phoenix, actually. The Boston Phoenix owned that station. Oh, yeah. What was was 104.1? BCN, WBCN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patriots Rock Radio Network. That's right. Yeah, they carried the Patriots. <laughs> yep. Um, because CBS owned them, and CBS at the time didn't have a sports talk station. They later launched the Sports Hub, and that's where the Patriots live now. But that's a lot, another story. So, yeah, I interned at FNX while I was in high school. So I went to Emerson College because they had, like, the best college radio station in the country. That's where I wanted to work. Um, and I was one of three freshmen right off the bat to get on the air because I already had all that experience from high school. So that's like been the big theme of my career. And this is what I was telling the kids today. It's just like always to try to stay one step ahead of where you want to be, you know, of like everyone else, just like always be thinking about that next step. So like later in college, towards the end of my time at Emerson, rather than go for another internship, which I already done in high school, I just went for a part-time job at WBOS, which at the time was this like adult album alternative station. So, you know, playing like um, a Brandy Carlisle and like, uh, you know, the artists like that. And I was the overnight board op. So this was while I was in college and I had classes during the day, three nights a week, I would go from midnight till 6 a.m. and just push buttons at this radio station to keep it on. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then that was on top of, I also had a morning show on the college station from 6 to 10 a.m. and a punk show at night from midnight till 3 a.m. Man. And yeah. You're all over the airwaves. Yeah. And can I tell you on the subject of how I like don't do drugs or anything? I also don't drink caffeine anymore. So I was doing <laughs> all that. Like I, in the middle of all that, I quit caffeine. And I, cause I realized I can kind of control my sleep a little better when I don't have it. Mm-hmm. Like when I have it and I start to have those crashes, it's a lot harder to stay awake for me. Yeah. And, and you, it also makes it real hard to do like a just a pillow. Oh, I'm just gonna like power nap for like an hour. Right. Like, oh, yes. no, I'm crashing. I'm it's gonna be like that two or three. That caused me to miss so many classes in college. Just yeah. like thinking, oh. oh, I could just take a quick nap before class. Next thing I know, it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's the end I of the day. I want to think of the classes I yeah. missed in college. Yeah. Because I stayed up all night for no fucking reason. 
Mm. Exactly. I know. That's just it. Like you're just up and you know you're vibing. That's what you're, you're doing just simply vibing. And no caffeine. You were just raw dog in the night. <laughs> I was. I did a lot of caffeine for a while. For the first half of college, I did mm-hmm. a lot of caffeine. But um, yeah. And then so after uh, I graduated, I got uh, you know I had been working that part time job and doing some like street teaming and stuff as well. A full-time opportunity opened up at a talk radio station they had, which doesn't exist anymore, but it was like political newsy talk. And I was um, assistant producing on the morning show, worked my way up to being the executive producer there. That station went off the air. And for seven years, I was producing a morning show on a top 40 station and like being like sort of the third mic on that show. So like a personality. And I was doing a lot of like, person on the street bits i was out like interviewing Mm. people on the street doing like sort of pranky type stuff Mm. um and so that was a lot of fun kind of built up a name for myself there and then that station went away and at the very beginning of the pandemic it did not survive the pandemic so this whole bz thing has only been like a two and a half year thing for me um but i was able i'm really glad that they took a chance on me you know they saw that i had some of the newsy experience from having worked at the talk station they saw that i had a lot of interviewing experience and like you know being out on the street experience from the top 40 station you put it together and it gives me kind of like a unique skill set at the station for the way mm-hmm. i report stories and the way i cover stories and because of that, that's why I get to cover a lot of the fun stuff, like the gold pizza or the traffic cone sax man, or you know, going to Brockton and, and <laughs> you know, crowd surfing at a fiddlehead show. So, were were your early stories like that? Were they given to you, or you were pitching those early on, right off the bat? They didn't really know what to do with me, so I was mm. getting all the basic, straightforward, typical news station stories that we still cover. Um, like going out to cover, you know, I don't know, there was a shooting in this part of town. There's a press conference happening with the, mm. where the governor is going to be talking about this, things like that. Mm. Um, but w- I think they sort of started to realize that the more I could focus my efforts on the fun stuff, especially once we started doing it on social media, the more like gains we would be having with the station and mm. the more we'd be turning a whole new audience onto the station. Um, that otherwise would never press the AM button on their car stop the radio, you know. Legit, like yeah. mi- keeping like. R- do you do you still listen to radio? Radio like broadcast I, radio. I do because I'm me. And You're I a radio nerd, field. and I also think our station is is a genuinely great product. Like you know, you tune in, you're going to listen to really fast paced, straightforward news you know, without opinion other than like the one talk show we have at night, but, and a few on the weekends, but other than that, it's like straightforward. Like you get a lot of news in a short amount of time. Um, you know, I, I've heard our station be described as kind of like Twitter in the sense that it's really like, you know, short 150 characters, like right to the point. Whereas like the NPR stations in town, which are very, very good are mm-hmm. more like Facebook. You know, mm-hmm. or you in depth. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Stopping down, breaking down, doing these long segments on one particular topic. But um, we cover so many different angles. We have reporters all over the street. It's more like when you watch a TV, a local TV news broadcast. Mm-hmm. We're sort of doing that in radio form. Mm. So, so yeah. So I listen to broadcast radio a lot. But you're right. I know. I get the point you're getting at, which is that like there are so many young people who just don't. You know. I was in a car with some friends, and I was like, "Can we turn the radio on?" They're like, "What?" No, we have Spotify. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Like, but, but your, what you do, like, does that also exist as pure audio? Like, is yeah, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's funny because in the beginning of the TikTok account, what I was posting was literally just 
the audio from my radio stories with random B-roll video slapped on top of it. And then like, as I've developed and figured out how to best use the platform, now it's to the point where my radio stories are audio adaptations of my TikTok videos. You know, oh, or like my social media videos. So I'm much more focused on the social media stuff now. Um, because there's so much room for growth there, you know, and it really is bringing new people to listening to the station. Like we see a correlation with the ratings and our, and in particular demographics with the people who are interact engaging with us on social media. It's crazy. I'm getting really in the weeds right now, so I apologize no, for that. But no, I, I actually yeah. love talking about the impact of social yeah. media, even if I, you know, I. It's crazy stuff. Individual social media sites. Yeah, I know. <laughs> me, me too, dude. Yeah. I like. I don't have a personal TikTok account. I ju mm. just do it for work. Like, I the work stuff is takes up enough of my time, you know. And on top yeah. of all that, I've got like well, TikTok is huge now. It is. It's it is huge. I ne before the pandemic, I never thought it was gonna blow up the way yeah. it did. TikTok did what Quibi thought it was going to do. <laughs> Uh, and you know what you what it is about tiktok it's that it pushes your stuff out to people who don't follow you that's yes. where all the other networks went wrong that's the killer app of tiktok exactly is that like instagram and they're trying to get away they're trying to fix this now but for so long was just the only people who are going to see your stuff is the people who follow you yeah and it's mm -hmm. so hard to grow that way mm -hmm. tiktok's like no 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 we're gonna shove it in people's face because we're really invasive and we yeah we mm -hmm. know all, all, everything about their lives and we know that they're gonna like your video i mean my still my biggest problem with tiktok is just that when i open it it's blasting in my face and i'm like whoa, whoa. yeah <laughs> you know, i want to be able to maybe like <laughs> select what i'm you know, being there's, but that's yeah. part of the, the addictiveness of it, right? Where you're hit with something yeah. and it's that like hunting, that feeling of hunting and yeah. finding something good. Yeah. yeah. Well, so once, once your algorithm figures out what you actually like, yeah. then you're TikTok fucked. becomes bad. You just, yeah, you just gotta like, there put is up with a, like yeah. a few weeks of just like, yeah, this isn't really for me. Yeah. And then there is a lot of garbage on that platform. Oh, I will sure. say. And that's, I think mm -hmm. what has tur had turned Social me off. Yeah. Whole, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> But that's what turned me off of it from Twitter, from TikTok especially, because I saw so many people like stealing jokes that I saw on Twitter like years mm. ago, or mm. like, you know, videos that I saw on YouTube or Reddit. I'm like, that's, you didn't come up with that. And they're do, but they're just posting it on their own TikTok. And it, people are like seeing it for the first time being like, oh my gosh, this person's brilliant. It's like, no, they're not. They're stealing that. And so that's why when my boss came to me and was like, hey, we want you to start doing the TikTok account for the station. I was just like, okay, but I'm not going to do all that other crap that everyone else is doing. I want to do something that like is sort of original and, you know, let's, let's take what we're doing on the air. And that way we don't just look like we're trying to look cool with the kids or this old 101 year old news radio station. The, the Boston Globe. In. Have you seen what the Boston Globe is? I mean, on, on Instagram, uh -huh. they're kind of biting you. I, I genuinely think that they're, they're like, they're, they've seen what oh, you're doing so and. Shot. You and know what? I, I I think it's smart. I think, right? Like, it's a new way to get the news out there to people who uh, otherwise wouldn't be consuming the news. Like, that's, if you, it's crazy to think about, but there are people who only get their news from TikTok. Yep. So if that's the case, mm -hmm. you might as well give them something from a reliable source. So if the Globe is out there doing that, more power to them. It's, it's that format, I mean, of, of having, having, 
uh, a person speaking to you mm-hmm. about the story and and you know there's also that, that the subtitle element people like to read yeah. what they're hearing they like to see what they're hearing what a full multimedia experience <laughs> but yeah. packaged into yeah. like yeah. a 15 to 60 right. seconds. It's it's and like it is different enough from what I'm doing because what they mm. I've I have seen the videos. It's more no, like, it is it is. It's more like their face in front of the green screen while they like walk you through the story and show the pictures mm-hmm. and stuff. Whereas me, it's more my videos are more like from the first person perspective. You are like, part of the story. I'm taking people with me on an adventure. <laughs> exactly. You know, so that's that's a little different. So that Boston I mean, Globe, you're safe for now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got our eyes on you. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to start any beefs here. We'll do a spotlight on you. <laughs> <laughs> there are some they great know. reporters over there. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. Staple of my yeah. Massachusetts living experience. Oh, for Whoa. sure, man. Yeah, totally. They are the, uh, the publication of record in this town. Mm-hmm. As well. I was immediately biased against TikTok because the first TikTok I ever saw was this guy in Florida and he was wearing, he was wearing like a, a pink flat brim fitted hat uh-huh. a pink polo shirt and then like pink khaki short kind of mm-hmm. yeah. uh and You're describing a pretty cool guy yeah and he had like <laughs> like a very penciled mustache you know sure. uh it's pretty sparsely facial hair and he was just looking in the camera and he went like real men don't just wear pink they eat it too Oh, and and I was like, no, I fuck this app. I hate this. I'm ashamed to say that took me a second. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait, so he gets if you were a real man, gets his burgers rarely. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you're talking about? I'd say. My wife and I, when back when we were dating, we went on a real fancy date to Friendly's. And I remember That's my odd. I love that. My wife ordered a burger. She asked for it well done. Don't judge. And she was and they were no like, shame. we don't do well done here. We're like, what? And she they're like, the waitress goes, We only do pink or no pink. <laughs> okay. So my oh, wife's like, no pink. <laughs> so okay. when we brought up this these restaurants earlier, I this story immediately came to mind when we brought up the 99, but I neglect, I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to say that. Cause it's such like a, you know, an inside joke with my friends thing. And I'd have to fill you guys in in the context, but I ordered, tried to order a medium rare burger yeah. at the 99. And they said, we can we only go as low as medium. And I got so mad. And I was like 17. Sure. And, yeah. And I was, I was like, I just want my fucking burger medium rare. And I was like, we, we aren't really allowed to do that. They were worried about lawsuits or yeah. something. Someone getting sick. Oh my God. Sorry, sir. They, yeah, they we got to burn it. Yeah. People get so worked up about that, man. I did a story not long ago where I, I, uh, I met up with a guy who was trying a, a burger for the first time in his life in wow. his mid twenties. Wow. Um, and I documented that experience with him. And uh, he had like crowdsourced, like, what's a place I should go? And people were like, Tasty Burger, which I think is actually a pretty solid choice. It's like a very middle of the road kind of burger. Yeah. It's not a Tasty Burger. Fancy, I, not, yeah. It's better than most fast food. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I like I, Yeah, I, 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 I like them a lot. But he ordered it well done. And people were in the comments being like, dude, how could you let him get a well done burger? I'm like, keep in mind, this is not only his first burger. This is his first red meat ever. So like. Maybe we should burn some of that bacteria <laughs> off a little bit. That's going to be in his stomach. And I had I 
I only, I had it because I was like, I'm, I may never get another chance to try this. But when I was on uh, vacation a couple weeks ago, I was at a restaurant and I had steak tartare, mm. which I had just been talking about at work because we were like, it's not commonly served, yeah. uh, especially in this country mm. uh, anymore because it it's it's raw meat, like right. it's raw beef, and there isn't like it's not like like fish for sushi. There isn't like sushi. There's like sushi grade fish, but there isn't like tartar grade beef. Okay, and it's it's hmm. just like you know you can't really do anything to protect against things and. I, this is how it un- was fucking delicious. Was it? it was so good. This is how uncultured I am. I don't even think I know what tartare is. Yeah, so it's like it's like raw beef that okay. is like minced. Um, I oh. think I think yeah, I think it's cured. But the cons- the consistency is how would you describe the consistency? Yeah, it's, well, because it's it's you you would think that it's ground beef, right? It's, it's not ground the way you grind beef for a burger, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and I could be wrong in this, but I think I think it's like it's like minced. Okay. And then it it's shaped into like a little like pile. Yeah. Like a like a little cylinder. Like I wouldn't call it a patty as much because <laughs> it's like it's a heap. It's a little thicker than that. But yeah, yeah. But it, you know, like a little circular <laughs> uh, pile. And what does it taste like? Does it taste like gamey like beef? Yeah. Uh, no, because it, it's minced, so you don't have to, like, deal with any of, like, Whoa. the tendons. Kind of just melts in your mouth. Yeah. No, it was phenomenal. That's great. And then the, nec- the next day, my stomach, w- I wasn't sick, mm-hmm. but I, my stomach was sort of like, hey, you know, you, you, you put raw meat in me. Like, <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs> Let's not do that too often. <laughs> well, my stomach yesterday was all like, what the hell are you doing putting gold in me right now? Literally 14 yeah. karat gold. So, yeah, I feel you. So I just wanted to treat you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. You're, you're, you're treating it. your body to this exquisite de- delicacy. I'm treating my body to literal gold and neither of our bodies liked it very much. No. That Wait, that's fascinating. So does gold like a is that like a known quantity of eating gold? Is that actually like, is it not good for you? It's, I don't know. It could How have many been, calories are there in gold? I, I'm going to guess zero, right? <laughs> not much calories, but right. uh, some value if you were to, I don't know. I, I did take it to, as you, you, you're sure you saw, if you saw the video, I took mm. it to a cash for gold place. They actually tested it out. <laughs> that, that guy's reaction was really amazing. He was like, no way. There's actually gold there. Yeah. Well, for, at first he just like kind of gave me a look like, where did you get this? What yeah. Is this? <laughs> but, but he, um, I, it, it, it is, it looks like paper. It looks fake. You know what yeah. I mean? Like when it you was, see gold leaf, you're like, that's someone, someone did arts and crafts on that. It was, yeah, it was <laughs> less than paper thin for sure. Like, I'm sure what it is, is like the shavings of when they carve something with gold, right? Like, huh. or, I'm guessing. I, I don't know. know. I don't know anything I've never eaten gold, gold, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about gold either, but whatever. So I, I don't really wear a lot of gold. Although I, I have a wedding ring. That is gold. It's white gold. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> on the ring. Not the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great. My it's a gr- it looks so great on you, you know? Ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really becoming. I know. I know. No, Be, do, are people surprised? You said people are surprised by your age. Yeah, totally. Um, how does that, does that bother you? 
No, not necessarily. I mean, I'm, I'm not ashamed of the fact that I'm uh, in my mid thirties. I think it's just, uh, I don't know. I hope it doesn't turn people off. You know, <laughs> turn people off. I, yeah, like I was. I, lo- I love this guy's stuff, but then I found out he was thirty six. Yeah, well, I Ugh. know because like the TikTok audience is so much younger. Mm. I hope they don't suddenly find that out and think like, oh, well, he's not like me anymore. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was relating to him until I realized yeah. that he has a wife and <laughs> dude. That happened yeah. the other day, literally in a story. I used the phrase "my daughter," and suddenly people are like hold up i think one of my favorite comments on the video is something like oh my god i can't you know finding out that matt is not some cryptid or figment of our imagined collective imagination but rather an actual human being who has a family is mind-blowing he doesn't just live in my phone it's crazy yeah yeah um it kind of killed the the fantasy for them in a little bit and that's why in a lot a lot a lot of these apps i like to kind of just like show up post my video and dip because yeah it's almost like (laughs) leave more to the imagination of people like Mm. make them wonder who am i what am i what am i (laughs) it's better to be mysterious it's better to be like the guy who's like popping into Tuxbury. Yeah. You never know when it'll show up in your my town. Philosophy with hosting this show, where it's like, yeah. no, no, no. I ask the questions here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, it's it's so the opposite of my previous job because like when I was doing the morning show, like so much of the content was like our lives and telling stories from our lives, and so like you know a lot of the stuff I was posting on mm. social media was like this is my life. But I'm really glad I'm past that now because like I have this family and it feels weird to be posting so much stuff about my kids to these strangers who like mm. I, I don't know and you know it's weird i don't want to build up this like following for my kids you know mm. i don't know that's just me personally i know other people do and whatever i'm not going to judge but, your daughter is not of tiktok age no i have a three-year-old and a seven-month-old so they're they're little they're not mm. impressed with what I do. <laughs> and it may never be. No. I think the most impressed my daughter, my three-year-old was, was when she heard my voice coming through the Alexa. She's like, dad, you're on Alexa. She's like, that is cool. Like, that's where I listen to like Disney songs. Like that, that, now I'm hearing you. So it's cool. What's big in your house? Uh, for Disney songs? Yeah. Oh, God. Encanto is huge for like... That's what I hear. Everyone with a kid who's young. Um, I mean, she likes them all. She's going through a big princess phase. And it was a big point for us to not like push her into that. Not to be like, mm. you're a girl. You like girl things. We just kind of let her naturally choose her interests. And we like support it, whatever it is. So like at times she's been Amen. really into trucks. At times she's been really into princesses. And we think it's awesome. We support it all. Um, but right now, for sure, princesses are huge. I think a lot of that comes from being in preschool. And like there are other little kids in the class who play princesses with her. Mm. And so like, you know. So, I mean, Beauty and the Beast, all the classics. Like, she still I, likes that stuff. I love the philosophy of just letting your kid find their own interests. Totally. Legit. Uh, but also, if, if I ever have a child who mm-hmm. gets into a princess phase, I'm going to be like, no, 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 no. Look, Parliament is where the power is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. It- but I will say, in on to that note, like, princess movies recently, like, the stuff Disney's been doing recently has been much better about moving away mm, from like yeah, the, legit. The, the monarchy stuff, but also yeah. like the, uh, the you know. The, like hegemony toxic. of marriage. and Yeah, thing. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, a, a great example of that is, have you seen Moana? 
love Moana. Great movie. Incredible. I mean, have not. Yeah, she's the, she's essentially a princess. She's the daughter of the chief of her island. She's going to inherit the island soon. And she goes out and saves the world. There's no romance whatsoever. She's nope. this heroic, brave, inspirational character. So, like, I'm always telling my daughter, how about we watch Moana? And she likes it, too. She's like, sure, yeah. And you're like, so you're like, yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then, like, even Frozen, which is more of, like, slightly the classic and does have a lot of romance and stuff. But, like... Sorry, not to spoil Frozen for anyone who hasn't seen it in the last I 10 I have years. not. You haven't? Okay, do you want me to spoil it for you? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> in, in You're led to believe that, like, this character needs true this love's kiss to save her, right? But what actually saves her is the love between her and her sister. So, like, having two daughters myself, the fact that, like, this whole movie is about this bond between these two sisters is like really awesome. And like the many bleep, you know, <laughs> or you can swear on this. You know? Oh, 100%. Men ain't shit. Absolutely. Well, you, know? you can't. Oh, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ben, ben, ben is not allowed Sorry, to swear. Sorry, Master. You're the new guy. <laughs> you haven't earned swearing privileges. You haven't yeah. gotten your hosting badges. With the bleep, man. <laughs> it's weird for me to swear in, in a, into a microphone, man. Like, I'm so trained for my whole career to not do that. Mm. To the point where when my friend had a kid, my like, you know, the, the first friend to have a kid in my friend group. I would be like swearing around my friends. They were like, dude, just like hold this Barbie microphone. And I did. And I would do that. And just doing that would keep me from swearing. Psychosomatically. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, for sure. But I don't swear in front of my kids. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. I have done it. <laughs> when did, when did you stop? Me. When did I stop through. swearing? Around your kids. Like at what age? That's a great question. When they started repeating stuff. When I like, <laughs> yeah, like I distinctly remember saying something was shit or whatever. And my daughter was just, she immediately was just like, shit. And, we're, and of course my wife and I start right. laughing and we're like, no, 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 you, you can't say that. And she's like, shit, shit. And when you tell a kid you can't say something, they're going to say it mm-hmm. over and over and over. Yeah. I can't though. <laughs> no, no, you're not allowed. I'm sorry. Once the episode's over, I can't. But <laughs> Yeah, we, at, after we stop recording, you're going to let out, like, the filthiest fucking... Get it all out of your system, man. Just make sure the microphones are off. Rules are rules. Yeah. Damn, Ben, I didn't know you felt that way about Puerto Rican. <laughs> I'm, as one, I'm a little offended. Are you? Puerto Rican, Turkish, Turkish Puerto Swedish. Rican. Oh, great. Yeah. There you go. Nice. So I... Get a, you got the whole 23 and me breakdown. <laughs> you, got, you got the works at 23 and me. Yeah. <laughs> have you done that stuff, Ancestry? I have, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I haven't done it. It's interesting because, um, like, I, so my grandfather was from Turkey. Uh-huh. But uh, his mother or his grandmother was from former Yugoslavia. Oh, cool. Um, and so... As much as I am Turkish, I also have like Balkan and Greek mm. in there. Nice. Balkan. Yeah. And I think some of that also comes through on my Puerto Rican grandmother's side, like mm. some of the Greek, because uh, she was originally from Barcelona. And then I think they trace back to like to some of the Greek Isles. Gotcha. So, yeah. I yeah. Mean, looking into your, your like ancestry is really fascinating. I wish, is, I, I, wish I hadn't uh, mm. given them 
you know my genetic information <laughs> right but, but like it's cool i, I <laughs> they're all gonna get it anyways i mean by hook or by crook yeah, yeah you <laughs> touched a penny right <laughs> i'm sure the next iphone will have a thing where like you lick it to get in right <laughs> like they've already got fingerprints so like they Let have your, your fingerprints on apple has your fingerprint yep so pretty soon you're gonna have to breathe into it or lick it or something breathe yeah, into dude. your tesla <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like, well, they're doing that with breathalyzers, right? In cars, yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Basically, yeah. It's wild, man. So yeah, well, if you if you're too drunk to drive a Tesla, it'll just drive for you. That's right, Harry. And you right. can play Cuphead on the dashboard yeah. right there, video games. It is so wild how and who we, needs a steering wheel? You don't need one because mm-hmm. they're just gonna fall off. It is it is so wild how we we had this phase of like of of like okay everything in cars is gonna be hands free. We're gonna have a hands free headset yeah. and you're not gonna have to touch a single thing while you're driving. Focus and then suddenly just slowly over the course of ten years it's just been like fuck it. There's an iPad. I mean bleep it. There's an iPad. <laughs> there's an iPad in your car. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> Next year you're gonna be having land parties in there. Legit, <laughs> legit, legit. It's crazy. I they used to have like SUVs with like DVD players. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And they they had the the like RBG cable insert. So like on road trips, my brother and I just brought the Xbox and like played incredible like the little screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the back, and I was like, man, this is that was the height of luxury. It doesn't get better than this. (laughs) They got to bring that back. Yeah. But you know what it is? People stop buying minivans. Yeah. And. yeah, that it's like not a car like the family car now is the suv mm. really yeah like like you're talking like a like a big like a like a like an explorer type car go to not even a big one like i mean if you have a big family yeah but like i don't know go to any preschool go hang out outside of preschool just, <laughs> you know, i probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> no, 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 ben, i'll come with cars. you it'll just be a <laughs> i don't know i don't know if that's a good idea <laughs> and bring your camera so you can pro- document and prove that all the cars are suvs yeah they'll love and that if, and if anyone asks you what you're doing just say i'm watch- just watching the kids get dropped off like that's <laughs> because i want to see what kinds of cars they're coming in yeah and no one will think it's creepy at all mm-hmm I want to know why, why no one here, why none of the parents here are driving a van like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me and my kid who definitely exists. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you're not allowed to see them. Homeschool. Yeah, mm. <laughs> that's right. I'm just doing parental research here. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. That's well, it. moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know this because I have kids and drop them off in mm. preschool. Yes. That's why. Every car is like a tank, basically. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. I know. It's wild. That's uh and it's not great for the environment, but um no. I guess the cars are getting more efficient. More efficient Hopefully. than they were. Dude, can I tell you? I had a minivan in high school. That was my car. I Baller. drove it because I inherited it from my dad. My dad like suddenly got a company car and was like, do you want to just drive the minivan? I was like, yes. And you know what? My friends and I loved that car. Every friend group needs a friend lo- that has a minivan. a minivan. Yep. Like minivans are great. Especially when you could take out the middle seat and like Ugh. have your friends just sitting on the floor. And like you could pack Fit so many more friends in there. Dude, <laughs> yes. I had like a... a I had a ska band in high school, right? Like, and I, you could pit <laughs> a whole ska band, all the horns in there, <laughs> the whole horn section. But like, yeah, I remember this is so terrible to 
admit to, but it's the way it was. We were driving. I remember driving back from a show in Providence at the living room and I had a room full of friends in the back, like a, a room full, a van full of friends, like most of them sitting on the floor, not wearing seat belts, going like well over 90 miles an hour, probably a hundred up 495. Get going on my way back to Acton, not realizing I was going that fast. I think I slowed down when I did. But keep in mind, we were not texting while driving back in mm, the time because mm-hmm. texting wasn't really a thing. I was not drinking. I was always the designated driver in my friend group because of the fact that I did. Amen. Drink. You're so, the best friend to have. You were you were straight edge. You didn't drink. Kids, you had straight a straight edge. Yeah, me, man. You're like every friend group's like hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this this. I know we just met. This might be very soon, but I think you're my best friend. <laughs> Can I have a ride? I feel it, guys. Yeah. Yeah, Can you drive us around while we get drunk? <laughs> sure. Can you watch my just kids? Wait. We don't have to go to a bar. We'll just do it in the backseat. I back got you. Seat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, dude, I was driving some friends, some like way cooler punker friends than me to a show at, uh, you remember Anchors Up in Haverhill? Did you ever go to shows up no, there? No, I don't know. It was in the basement of a um, record store there, Welfare Records. Really cool venue. They did a lot of like, hardcore and punk shows but anyways that I, makes sense for the area. I, yeah north shore is is there's a lot of hardcore well yeah Haver, haverhill's more scene. merrimack valley but there's a big hardcore scene okay. there too yeah for sure and i remember driving the, uh, uh hometown of rob zombie yes that's right whoa it is a, and i think john cena or he's from that area Damn. i believe you are right yeah but anyways i remember there was some kid who i didn't know who was like in the back seat and he cracked open a beer, started drinking. I'm like, whatever. And then what really pissed me off is when he just like tossed the can out the window Whoa! on the road. Yeah, you, that I wouldn't do. You always see that. Like, Come on. But dude. then you, you never imagine people actually doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll see the like the crushed can on the, on uh-huh. the side of the road. Also, fast sometimes food you bag. see yeah, fast food bags, and I'm like, I'm like, there. What is the urgency? There's a McDonald's for miles around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I gotta get rid of this bag. It's it's really killing the vibe of this car. I'm seeing it's from West Newberry. Oh, North Shore. Okay. Why did I think he was from Haverhill? Maybe there's another wrestler from Haverhill that I'm not thinking of. I don't know. I'm not a big wrestling guy. I don't know. Neither am I. I Mm-mm. feel like you're right because Haverhill is one of those towns that has like a couple notable residents. Definitely. Or like for, you know, former residents. Oh, I think Power Man 5000 is from Haverhill. What is it? Um, wasn't that Rob Zombie's band? No, no. White Zombie was his White, band. Yeah, yeah. Power Man Five Thousand. I'm pretty sure are from Haverhill. Wait, is it? Is that his brother's band though? Yes, actually, yeah, yeah. it is. That's right. Yeah. That's wow. the connection. Yeah, yeah. That was the scene, man. The new metal <laughs> scene in Haverhill is thriving. The scene. I know. It's <laughs> funny to in think the back of your driveway. Actually, does Rob <laughs> Zombie count as new metal? I think so, right? For sure. Yeah, he's he's was in the new in. New you, metal, industrial metal. Like, yeah, he kind of, exactly. He he was really big in that era for sure. The industrial, yeah. Because it's like, how do you define new metal? I've, I've had debates about this with friends because so, to some people, it's like, it has to be that sort of like rappy metal. There has yeah. to be that. Well, I mm-hmm. think people associate it with, with someone like Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Who's kind of sucks but like to me kinda, yes mm. but to me corn is new yeah, metal right and that's a little bit more legitimate even though it's also really corny well the one thing that, that gets me yeah. that i'm like yeah. no <laughs> like new metal is legit like there's some amazing new metal fucking deftones like sure early mm-hmm. stuff and and system of a down yeah. too yeah, yeah absolutely yeah there's there's definitely Lincoln some legit stuff but yeah, I think Lincoln Park absolutely, and that's something I didn't they even did have realize. The, the too. rapping thing going on, but it was yeah. way better than Limp Bizkit. Is Rage 100%. new metal? No, 
No way. Nah. Uh, it's not. I wouldn't I even you... put him in the category of metal. Like that's just like it's rap rock. Rap rock. Yeah. Rap, it's got, rap like, rock and new metal are cousins. Or good rap rock. True. It has elements of punk, elements of rap, elements of I guess metal. They, they are given the like a the funk metal, new metal. Tag. We're on Wikipedia here. I'm, I'm looking Wikipedia. Okay, but if, well, if I went official. to Last FM, I bet they would have like new metal as one of their genre tags. Yeah. Well, maybe not like first or second though. No, no, no. But also, that's that's almost you could say proto new metal is like the first two albums because they probably influenced some. They probably directly influenced Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Because Fred Durst was probably like, oh yeah, no. I can rap that good over heavy fucking riffs. Well, here's here's one for you. Here's a challenging one. Is stained new metal? Because is that even really metal? I don't know, but there he like that dude was definitely in like the new metal scene and toured with yeah, the new metal I think bands, he, right? I I believe they they fall under that. Yeah. But also Stain fucking sucks, and that guy yes. fucking sucks. But it kind Aren't of Are they from Worcester? <laughs> or Springfield? They? No, Springfield. I think it's Springfield. They probably I'm not gonna look it up. It's they not probably play at the Worcester Palladium a lot, though. Like know, that's I, their venue. I think they're from Springfield. I'm seeing Springfield here. Yeah, sort yeah. of makes sense. I like. I just. But the reason I bring them up is because I think in the conversation about not going metal, this is one of my most controversial metal opinions. Is I think Metallica is very responsible for a lot of the new metal that came after them because, oh, for like, sure. they made it cool to have like really that slow like heavy mm-hmm. on the chorus pedal kind yeah. of sound on the radio. Like ballady almost. Yeah, metal. exactly. Once they moved away from the thrash, it was like, because yes. they, they release, if you've ever had the misfortune of listening to Metallica's Saint Anger, <laughs> that <laughs> is have. that is a new metal album. Yeah, for just, sure. With my lifestyle determines just, my destiny. It's just missing a snare drum. That's it. I, uh, I know some people that swear <laughs> that Saint Anger is like an underrated album. It's but, not. I, I had a I had a CD copy of that uh-huh. that I was you know when I was getting into Metallica that was that was the album that had just came out right and so I was like you know I was like eleven you gotta get it. and I was like yeah, yeah. let's do it uh, I think actually it was a burnt copy from my cousin sure but years later I was in the car with friends like in college mm-hmm. and I had my book of CDs because uh, you know when you take them out of the case you put them in the little group album and I was like oh you guys want to listen to Saint Anger so yeah this is doing. And we popped it in, and five seconds in, I ejected the disc and threw it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I was like, "Nah." <laughs> yeah. You can tell five seconds into that album that it it not getting any better than that. Yeah. It has some of the worst like drum sounds yes. I've ever heard. Yes. And and Metallica, that's been a thing that's like plagued them throughout their career is uh, like bad recordings because they mm-hmm. had that one entire album where they completely turned down the bass because they were pissed at their bassist. There's some whole story there. <laughs> they had one album, Death Magnetic, which is one of the more recent ones, where it's just compressed to crap. Like, you look at the sound wave, and it is literally a flat bar. Oh. Um, yeah, there's just absolutely zero dynamic range. And then, of course, St. Anger with the missing snare drum. It's like, I don't know what they're doing. Like, they're one of the biggest bands in the universe. How can they not like get a good-sounding album? Did they have that album where the fans were like, "This is just mixed terribly," and they need they were like, "There was a there was like a outcry to like remix or remaster." Was that was that either was that load them? or reload? Load and reload. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I don't know my Metallica it's, history well enough to know. It's been 
but it's been, it's a, been while. a while. <laughs> yeah. No stain, but <laughs> I know. It's been a while. <laughs> but it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Totally. So I think this is a good because we have. 27 minutes left in this room. I think this is a good time to pivot to the prompt we gave you. Oh, yes. And we oh my God. close with this. Uh, so, we are going to cast a Super Smash Brothers type fighting game mm-hmm. with musicians. I love this because uh, I love Super Smash Bros. And I love music. Absolutely. Uh, really quick, what's your main in Super Smash Bros.? <laughs> You're going to laugh, but I, I, I could put up a fight in Mega Man. He's good. He's good. He's, he's got the projectiles and the. He's got that range. He's got that ranged yes. physical attack. I have not played like recent Super Smash. Super Smash Brothers. Brothers. Super Smash. I haven't played Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> Whoa, quite a while. Sean Connery. Yeah, you, what did you get here? <laughs> Super Smash. <laughs> the Master Hand has become a tourist attraction. <laughs> uh, right. No, but uh, so. But in Super Smash Brothers Melee, I was Princess Zelda slash Sheik. Mm, yep, That's, yep. That's and right. I actually have a refer- I picked someone to reference that. Wow. But okay. you're, uh, you're not interesting. Guess interesting. Who. Can't wait. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna cast this lineup uh, using using famous musicians. Mm. Awesome. Uh, so. I guess I'll start with the the Zelda. Yeah, Sheik. let's go. Do, do you want to take a guess who it is? Ooh. Hold on. Ooh, that's okay. So it's somebody who has like a dual dual personality, but no, not more than two. Interesting. I think is are we keeping them female? Or are we? Keeping, no, no, no. It's, no? It's, okay. It's all gender. All right, two sides. It's got to be Garth Brooks slash Chris Gaines. He got it. Yes, we well. can do it. <laughs> no, I would not <laughs> name Garth Brooks in the, the Rock Smash Brothers. Um, <laughs> someone with a du- duality. Uh, I don't know. No, 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 no you got it. Garth, it was Garth Brooks and Chris Gaines. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole percent joke. Princess Zelda Sheik is Garth Brooks, Chris Gaines. Oh, wow. <laughs> but what would like the moves? Okay, well, actually, I guess you got the cowboy hat, so you could throw that, right? Mm-hmm, true. And then the darker, I mean, Chris Gaines is obviously the Sheik side, right? They have essentially yeah. the same haircut. The fictional persona. Yeah. yeah just, just black hair yes. instead of the blonde. Yes, the fictional persona. And then... Yeah, <laughs> the princess slash the royalty slash the guy who's um, got all the friends in all the wrong places is the guy who's going to throw his cowboy hat at you. And, mm. Yeah. And then like the, the moody stares are like, yes, oh, Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines. <laughs> That's a good one. So wow. when I uh, I was also kind of thinking along the lines of like, who are these characters like that have these parallels in the actual game? And um most of my ideas were coming from like the metal world for some reason. Okay. We've been talking a lot about metal on this podcast. I'm not even like a humongous metalhead, but no, I think go. of I Wario with his like motorcycle attack, mm. and like that immediately got me thinking about like uh, Judas Priest and Rob Halford. Like okay. he just see, to me seems like the kind of person who could, I don't know, he has like a tough look about him, and with all that leather too, like mm, I, I feel, feel like. That. You know, he'd have his defenses up. I also thought, like, I, Lemmy term- could make a good addition. Oh, Lemmy, one hundred percent, just because he's so reckless. Yeah. But also, I was thinking in terms of like sound. That's that's because- our Wario and Waluigi. 
Yeah. Rob <laughs> <laughs> well, Halford. While, and... Waluigi's not in Smash. That's a controversial topic. Mm. You're right. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. But um, then there's uh, there's the characters that have iconic sounds, right? Like Captain Falcon with his Falcon Punch or um, PK Fire. Yes, PK yeah. Fire. Yes. From uh, Ness. Ness yeah. And so I'm thinking about artists like going back to the artist of the day here, Metallica, with uh, you know James Hetfield. <laughs> Imagine that as an attack. I'm glad you brought up specific sounds because you know pretty pretty big choice moving away slightly mm -hmm. briefly from metal we can always go back to metal sure but michael jackson is great pick. oh my god all yes. those like incredible move set yes just really <laughs> an agile hard yeah <laughs> come on yeah so many moves yeah and he's also smash is all about bringing in characters from other video games he's been in a video game That's michael right. jackson a, so a fun video also, game too i mean he could be, yeah. So he could be more of like the Sonic character, right? Because mm. Sonic is loosely based on Michael Jackson, like some of his dance. That's moves. right. Oh That's yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. From back in the eighties, back they're trying to come up with like the coolest personality they possibly could. Yeah, have, Matt, so. you're not like because characters will like walk forward, but you're not walking. But you're moonwalking. You're moonwalking. You're moving backwards. Right. I don't know. Not Super Smash Bros. Different fighting game. But if you ever played the Soul Calibur games, yeah, yeah. you remember Valdo. Yep. Yeah, like the way he moved. Yeah, so so Creepy annoying to face. I like I hated Valdo, uh, like facing him. But then I started using him, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm untouchable. <laughs> like I cannot be stopped with Valdo. Yeah, because he could also do the thing where he would like fall on the ground and just lie flat and prone, uh -huh. and you couldn't really hit him, <laughs> and it was just obnoxious yeah anyone who that was my picks valdo and soul caliber 2 or any of the soul caliber games is probably the the most well see i always went one. for link because i played it on the gamecube oh right yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. i had right. i had it on xbox so i got spawn mm -hmm. and that nice. was fucking sick actually i think link is also a character in or dlc in the new mortal kombat too the newest mortal kombat which Ooh, is crazy whoa yeah, right? <laughs> but so I was also thinking about like um, characters like Star Fox got to have a spacey thing. Like, mm. And when I think when you think of musicians and space, who do you think of? And it's not David Bowie. Oh, well. I'll go to David Bowie. I mean, George Clinton. George Clinton was, yeah. was one of them. It's all about like spaceship stuff. And imagine how trippy his moveset would be and like oh, yeah, colorful yeah. and crazy. But also another one who's like kind of like got the build for a super smash Bros. fighter is claudio from coheed and cambria he's all that he's got his comic book thing right like and he sings about like lasers and spaceships and stuff huh. like i feel like and he's got that crazy big hair which could be like kind of i don't know that could be his defense you know who we could put in as an analog for uh captain falcon i feel like henry rollins would make it oh good. yeah the oh, he's, punch. he's got a, a the minute big, that shirt comes off like you know, <laughs> yeah. Has, yeah captain he'd be a great captain falcon he's a punching kind of guy yeah he can have a final smash where he, he, he throws has, you in a van yeah <laughs> get in the van type <laughs> well I, I came out as as from a standpoint of like musicians who can actually fight and who we've actually seen fight well, that's how we got on this right the other night yeah. we were talking about what musicians would you want to fight what would you want to fight <laughs> or versus, i was talking that's how we originally got on it. and the, the musician that we said we most want to fight was morrissey who you, you, he would be the the easiest to to beat up and also the most satisfying to to destroy in a fight. I I could see a level. Remember that level where you face like 
the car. A hun- no, a hundred Kirby's. Oh yeah, but they're all they're all really weak, and yeah, you, you just <laughs> blast them away. You just to get shit. all the Morrisons. It's a hundred fucking Morrisons, and they're just, they're just all so easy. Or it's all just the most obnoxious artists in the world. So it's like the Morrisons come to attack, and then all of a sudden the Jared Leto's come out. Oh my and god, and then the. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, oh, Billy, Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan comes out. Yeah. Like all just the most obnoxious artists in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, another, another like, like kind of beefy fighter guy. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, the boss. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's we, I think you had compared him to, to Ganon the other night. But, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think in terms of build, yes, but like Ganon is a bad guy and Bruce Springsteen is a hero. He's he is a question. He's a broken hero. hero on a last chance power drive. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back. You know how we're actually no, I, I have I have a good one, but I'm not gonna say it just yet. Um I think I think we also need some female representation yes. in here too. And so I was thinking about like some of the tough female artists who like you would imagine in a fighting game. And I had to go all the way back to the nineties when I feel like the tough persona was so much better like more of a thing. And so that gets you the Courtney loves and mm. even the Liz fair. Who's not like, mm. wasn't like a tough type person, but an IDGAF type of artist, you know, who yeah. like just could go out who would probably not be afraid to punch some dude in the face. Like, I don't know why I picture her doing that. Like, well, speaking that awesome. of, speaking of yeah, not being afraid one. to punch dudes yeah, in the face, nin- 90s artist. a 90s artist, the a musician who we've actually seen fight is Bjork. Yeah. <laughs> Bjork. Yeah. If you don't know, it got Wait, into actually, a. I haven't seen her fight. She got into a fight outside of an airport with a paparazzo. Oh no! <laughs> she beat the, she was with her son, and the, the, she was like, "Please don't take pictures of us." And then they kept taking pictures, and she just like flips and attacks the guy. Wow! Yeah, it was and, but baller. she could also have a pretty sick like finisher move with just her like screeching yeah. like yeah. I can't. I can't even. Notes. I can't even. Make she yeah. throws little I'll bottles of cutlery at you. you like, know I'll find a Bjork soundboard online and <laughs> yes. just edit it into this episode. That reminds me with the sound. I was trying to come up with someone who could have a Jigglypuff type move where they're just so boring that they put you to sleep. Mm. I'm trying to think of who is the musician or the artist that mm. like would have that move. And I, I don't I, I couldn't come up with it because like every artist has their fan base and like I don't know. There are artists that put me to sleep and that I'm bored by. Well, I think of Jigglypuff as like a balladeer. Like she's like a Jigglypuff is like a like a chanteuse almost. Mm-hmm. Or like I think I think like a like a Celine Dion, like a beautiful voice, mellifluous voice. Sure. But also but and but very, very ballad heavy, very like You know what? You know. Yeah. Maybe Jigglypuff is stained. <laughs> Jigglypuff <laughs> is stained. <laughs> and then everyone's just like, they're not necessarily asleep, they just melt into yeah. pieces. I was like, come on. I for female artists I had Stevie Nicks. I think okay. she could have a pretty mm. cool like magic based move set with her like witchy vibe. Yeah. Where you know like that's good. Like her physical attack wouldn't be that strong, but her She'd like special attack or mm. like magic attack, you know. Yeah, kind of like some of those fire emblem characters they've been bringing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like Final, I'm a huge Final Fantasy guy and like, mm-hmm. you know, you have you have your like Sephiroth your, is in there now. Your warrior class. That's and, crazy. And but then you have your mage classes and like yeah. you know their physical attack like melee damage isn't very high, no. but like you don't have them in your team for melee damage. That's true. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is already a pretty incredible roster here. Like we haven't even touched the DLC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I'm, 
And have we yet done anyone local too? Like, are there any Boston artists in this at all? I don't think so, right? Uh, Why don't I we mean, throw in Rob Zombie and get Haverhill some representation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He could there. have, a, yeah. I mean, this whole makeup oh, yeah. look, yeah. Don't, and he makes horror movies too, so he would have like a whole horror theme. Blood and guts. Yeah. That would be great. They're the obvious. That that brings me to some of the more obvious ones, like these who characters. Like you got the kisses of the world and mm-hmm. the guars of the world, who mm. are built on violence and fighting, but they could be decent additions. You know, you could see how they put up with put up a fight. Aerosmith, that's Massachusetts representation. Mm-hmm. That's true. They're kind of, what would, what would they be? They're like, uh, I see them as like, you know, like a Marth or something, kind of like, they're like the me fighters. They're like, they're like, I'm more, they yeah, no I'm more of a Roy guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, I guess that's, you have a sword that's pretty cool. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Were either of you guys at that show that Aerosmith did on Com Ave like 10 years ago? No. Oh my God, no. no I, I went to BU, so I was like down the street. You knew But I, I, I was like, I don't like it. So, like I said, I grew up. Steven Tyler's house was like half a mile away from me where yeah. I grew up. Um, very different, like you know, behind, big house behind a fence, and mine was not. Yeah. But uh, you know, like everyone in the town was. And then with you moved to Austin, like a block from where they have. Uh, yeah. yeah, but you know, like I just never got the hype of Aerosmith, mm-hmm. like because right. I listened to them so much as a kid, and like everyone was like, oh. My God, you know, like Steven Tyler would show up at place like local restaurants and, you know, yeah. And, you know, it was such a thing. I remember one time he like we were I was at a restaurant with my family and my mom was like, you know, that's Steven Tyler. Go say hi to him. And I was like, why? (laughs) Like, I, and from an early age, I was pretty nonplussed with like celebrity. Yeah. Where I was like, I. I don't want to talk to them as much as I'm sure they don't really want to talk feel. to you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure like yeah. he's like he's he's a friendly guy. I'll give it to like, you know, but he probably loves kind of the idea of being like a like the local celebrity. I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe the excitement's worn off a little bit. I don't know, but I'm sure he, he like <laughs> Well, he doesn't live there. As well, yeah. But also like as he gets older now, I think a lot of artists have this thing where they try to cling to as much of that as they can and they get disappointed when people that when mm. they start to become less relevant. I was talking about mm. this recently. Well, that's why he's on American Idol now. Yeah. So he can stay relevant. That's wow. true. Going back to the metal world again, I don't know why this keeps happening, but I was talking about this recently with some people with, about Ozzy and how I feel like, you know He's in the game. Ozzy's reti- he's retiring now. He's done. Like, I don't know if you heard this was the big mm-hmm. news last week. He like wasn't recovering from his surgery as fast and basically said, I can never get on stage and perform again. And he had a whole tour booked and now has yeah. to like refund all those tickets and stuff. And like, yeah, I mean, but the reason we were having this conversation, because I was talking about that and my wife was just like, well, why is he even still doing it at this age? Like he doesn't need to, he's got this mm. crazy catalog, like, you know, was in the band that some argue invented metal, you know, with Black Sabbath. Um, why is he still touring? And I think it's just because he's at that age where he's starting to feel like, oh my God, I have to, in order to remind myself or remain relevant to people. I don't know, man. It's, it's sad. I got, I just, this just got really heavy all of a sudden. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. This was supposed to be a fun thing. And now I'm talking about the inevit- inevitability of aging and, and time. <laughs> time comes for us all. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> but my last one that I'll add, which I think bookends this whole conversation perfectly because we opened talking about Dragon Force, but Dragon Force should be in space. And we're closing too. with Dragon Force. Yes. We're closing. <laughs> 
with Dragon, with Dragon Force, Force just yeah. like Dragon Force <laughs> opened and closed with Through the Fire and Flames Cyclical. when I saw them at the Worcester Palladium in 2007 or 8. I think it was 8. Yeah. Oh, I I didn't realize that it was that long ago when you told that story. I thought you were like, yeah, you know, like a couple months ago I went and saw Dragon oh, Force no. at, the, at the Palladium. They may still be doing this. This was right when that album came out, whenever whatever year that was. Dragon Force, four dates. <laughs> You're looking this up. Right now. At the Worcester Palladium. I'm pretty sure it was 2007 or 8. This is great audio. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing. Yeah. But the... Uh, they're, they're playing two festivals this summer. One in the Netherlands and one in Spain. Into wow. the Grave Festival wow. and Leyendas del Rock. That's Legends of Rock for wow. those of you who... No, no, of rock. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> you know about rock. Really quick though, pull up. Can you pull up their set list FM? How many times they played uh, through the fire and the flames? <laughs> <laughs> Is that possible to look up how many times they play a certain song? Is I think so. A... Oh my god! Like at their last yeah, show, for statistics, <laughs> they have played through the fire and flames eight hundred and thirty-eight times. What's the second most played song? Theory of the Storm at 787. Okay. Respectable. So would you th- if they were opening and closing, you'd think that it would be cl- something closer well, to double. That but... may have just been something they did on that tour. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. also, it could that be... That song was huge at the time. I could be... Re- like, I think they didn't like close their main set with it. I think they played it in their encore. They closed their mm-hmm. like encore with it or played their encore. So that's, that's maybe slightly different, right? Because mm-hmm. then they'll play it that one time, and if... Nobody says one more song, one more <laughs> song, then they don't have to play it again. Someone's but, saying that they played for four hours when he saw them, which is wow. wow. So that's about seven songs, <laughs> seven Dragon Force songs. I'm, yeah, I'm just glad they're still kicking. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Guitar Hero gave them a whole new life. I mean, their whole appeal is that they're just so over the top, almost to the point where they're like a joke band. Like you can listen to them seriously if you're really into that whole like fantasy metal thing. But also you can listen to them ironically. Mm. And I think a lot of people do. I think I do. I mean, I think I'm listening to it, at least through the fire and flames, like when I get home. Yep. Oh, yeah, man. Throw that on. I wish I could play guitar like that. The, the tapping I because I remember I was starting to learn how to play guitar and so I was buying like Guitar World and yeah, Guitar yeah. One magazines mm. all the time and it, every issue was like either like Zach Wilde or Dragon Force on the cover <laughs> and you know it was yep. like how to how to learn how to fretboard tap like Dragon Force yep I said, I you know I, why am I doing this on this is not a visual <laughs> medium <laughs> body just if you're listening go look up a video of Harry looks like he's playing a piano sideways. But it's it's meant to be a guitar. <laughs> but that is how it looks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it it's hard as fuck mm. to play. And like I'm super that impressed way, yeah. by like that they're able to do the, do it that quickly and that and keep it up that long. That's what it is, man. It's the speed. That's what yeah. gets me. Like, you know, I can play guitar, I can do solos and stuff, but to do it that fast, like hell no. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. It is. It's, it's a lot. Of, it's Zach Wild as well. A lot of yellow buttons. A lot of green buttons. Their last album came out in 2019. <laughs> it's called Extreme Power Metal. 
<laughs> they're just getting to the point. It's like, this is what just it is. like my favorite Led Zeppelin album, Hard Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite menu. Yeah, exactly. Isn't there, who's the rapper who there's someone, some rapper has an album called Some Rap Songs. Earl Sweatshirt. Yes. It's a yeah, great album, yeah. but it's called Some Rap Songs. And, yeah. I need more <laughs> albums like that that are just yeah. like lazy ass. Like A few pop tracks. <laughs> a few too many pop tracks if we're being honest <laughs> albums are long it's like Weezer when they want people to remember hey remember guys we were the ones that did the blue album they're like we're gonna do another color now because you yeah. didn't like the no we know the other ones <laughs> we tried to do we tried to do Ratitude you didn't really care we did one with the freaking dude from Lost the dude who plays Hurley from Lost as the entire cover but you didn't like that one weirdly so. wasn't terrible actually no I believe it here's yeah. the thing I, I don't love Weezer I think he's a stated enemy of this podcast. I think I've, yeah, I've talked shit about Weezer. I've talked <laughs> shit about Rivers Cuomo. I have a lot occasion. of opinions on them too, because I think like a lot of people, I went through a big Weezer phase, like when I just dis- first discovered them, but there's Blue, a, um, incredible. Yes. There's a reason people only really like those first two albums. And it's because those were the only two times that Rivers was writing genuinely from the heart. Whereas mm-hmm. after that, he started literally writing to a formula and literally to the point where he's talked about having like spreadsheets where he writes down like his song ideas and stuff. And oh. like, yeah, he think he's at a yeah. point in his career where sure he can still write a catchy hook and a, a single that will do fine, but nobody cares about the albums because the rest of it's just filler. Yeah, I want to get back to Dragon Force because I want to. Oh yes, we have to end Dragon Force. Force. Yeah. I'm sorry, I ruined it. <laughs> oh, they kicking us out. We we got we got the five. Okay, we got the five. So, so Dragon Force, Dragon yeah. Force, awesome. yeah. No one like them. There's <laughs> they have eight studio albums at this point. I might do a deep dive next week. I might just listen to Through the Fire and Flames a lot. Yeah, well, that's what you'll be doing in the deep dive, too, is yeah. just listening to the same song over and over. So <laughs> it's all right. I'll be, I'll be listening to the themes of the lyrics about all the fantasy. and Yes, those whatnot. lyrics hold up. Those are not mm. problematic lyrics. Yeah. Those are about, like, you know, riding a dragon well, to if, oblivion and carrying a, wielding a sword. And well, <laughs> if, if you're of, if you identify as Dragon X, <laughs> you might sure. have some issue culture. with your culture. <laughs> I'm sure that's a thing for sure, and you know what? More but power to them. Not yeah. not necessarily furries, but reptilians. Scalies. Yeah, scalies. Yeah, yeah, sure, totally. All right, Dragon Force furries. Yes, Matt Shearer. Let's thank go. you so much for. I think we talked about what I do for a, a, yeah. a few minutes. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. No, this was uh, fun. I, I I just like talking music with you. This is. Why I like great. hanging out with music hey, journalists and come come by any any time. And I didn't show. even get a chance to compliment your podcast, but I have listened a bunch and I really enjoy it. So. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, of course. Yeah. As a long time <laughs> Austin <laughs> resident, former Austin resident myself, like I I like it. I I get it. I relate to it. So good stuff. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, last question. Yeah. Favorite Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> favorite Dunkin' Donuts location. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite Dunkin' Donuts franchise? Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, I thought of texting this to you before, but I wanted to put you on the spot for it. Yeah, Sorry. no, that, <laughs> hard that, question. That is a hard question. Um, and I, I know the thing is, I know which ones to avoid. I know yeah. which ones mm. don't have the donuts that I want when I want them. I know which ones are you know not great service. So I, the ones that I go to are just the reliable ones. So the one near my house in Framingham is probably just mine. The right answer is whatever one is closest to you. Yeah. Uh, my answer is the one inside Harvard Station. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Lo- 
In the morning. Sure. Don't go in the afternoon. Mm. Dip in, huge dip in quality. Or and one which, of the two at Back Bay Station. <laughs> <laughs> right across the room from one another. Yeah. And with that, we must close because we're getting the hook. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've run out of studio time. Awesome. Clock struck nine. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for stopping yeah. by. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This was awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Ben, thanks. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, whoa. Two demerits. <laughs> there you have it. That was our talk with Matt Shearer from WBZ News. Episode one, season three premiere in the tank. Feels good to be back. Uh, you know, this is this is where I belong. Um, next week, uh, our, our guest will be Lava Girl, a local electronic artist. Um, and Dylan will be in the co-host seat, uh, replacing Ben. Thank fucking God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Ben did a great job. Uh, but yeah, uh, special thanks to Matcher. Thanks to Ben. Thanks to the whole Austin Pudding fam. Thanks to you listeners. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Ethan Marsh as always for for doing the the audio engineering on this show um and thank you to the record company for uh providing the space to record record the episode um it's the third episode we've recorded there uh just a fantastic space i can't recommend their uh their space enough their services enough um super super helpful sorry we we really pushed the time limit that we had <laughs> booked we were just having such a great talk but yeah hope you enjoyed the episode hope you enjoyed the talk with matt go check out go follow him check out some of his videos great way to find just like really cool under the radar local stuff all around massachusetts please uh like share subscribe rate this show Give Alston putting a follow on Instagram, Twitter, follow the show, add it to your weekly downloads. Let's, let's go. Let's get season three, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a good week. See ya. See ya next week. Bye.